BMX Voice Show. to the MX5 show presented by 24MX where we're going to be breaking down the weekend's racing from MXGP we couldn't do this without our show sponsors so thank you to Talon Wheels X-Trick Triple Clamps Liap Recluse Clutches XL Moto Atlas Braces for all the support we have two competitions this week which is uh, pretty cool where you can win a sign print from Conrad Muse who was last week's guest and also a set of 20 sprockets and an XL Moto tent. So XL Moto, if you don't know about XL Moto, they are uh, the sister company of uh, 24 Max. So more sort of geared towards road, but uh, they give us some, uh, some good competition stuff. I'm James Burfield, and alongside me is the MX Vice editor, Lewis Phillips. Hello. And in the studio, as always, is Rob, our producer from Jukebox Beats. So uh, without him, uh, we wouldn't have a clue what to do. So, uh, thank you, Rob. So, uh, Lewis, how was your weekend? Oh, it was amazing. Just yeah. amazing. Left, left me speechless. Really? No. <laughs> I was ill all weekend and I had to put my head down, soldier through like a champion would. Yeah. Um, but we made it. Yeah, I was just quite, quite proud of you from sort of coming through. I actually thought that I would have, would have had the opportunity 
to take over Twitter and podcasts on Sunday, but uh, to my disappointment, you made it through. I listened to my podcast back and literally the very last question I asked, as I'm trying to say the words, it's just like air. You can just hear like air coming out of my mouth because it was that bad. But riders found it funny though, how I could barely talk. Did they? Yeah. Um, also, you mentioned that uh, you went to uh, do a podcast with um, Prado and you jumped down and only broke your ankle. People... I imagine that if you watch me run around after the race to do podcasts, it's probably the funniest thing ever. Because I probably look like a right twat, but I run, <laughs> I sprint, I jump things. I jumped off of like a one-story, I basically jumped out the window of a one-story flat in the pits at Vulcan to interview Prado. Thought I broke my ankle for a second. That's commitment. Yeah. I was wondering whether maybe I could follow you with my uh, new camera. You wouldn't be able to keep up. It's like an hour of non-stop running. Oh, wow. I look at my uh, steps thing on my phone. And in the like two hours I'm doing podcasts, I do like 4,000 steps. Wow. Yeah. Is that just pacing around waiting for a more? Oh, it is run. I, I cover some serious ground. If, can you remember the, the show Benny Hill? Can you remember the Benny I Hill show? I don't know show? what Benny Hill is. Excellent. So um, there's like this little music which goes with it, kind of speed it up. So I reckon we should... What, um, be like... See? How did you know that? That's just a standard song that goes along sped up stuff. Well, it's from Benny Hill. So that's just it. Anyway, so I think we should do a video of you going around the pit so everybody can see you, and we'll add that music in as well. Herlin's even said it last year when I did my end-of-year podcast with him that he finds it funny how I sprint after him. But I find that if you sprint after the riders, they feel like they can't say no because you've put in effort, so they feel like they want to... Uh... Well, didn't you end up in Car Park B with Paul's Jonas? Oh, yeah. I, I saw Paul's walking out of the paddock, and I was like, oh, I'll leave him, he's leaving. And I was like, actually, I might as well ask. So I asked him. And I offered to walk with him out of the track to like make it a bit easier for him. And he was like, yeah, that's cool. So I walked alongside him doing an interview from the pits to the car park, which is past two security barriers and basically 10 minutes from the pits. So I did that nice walk and then pressed stop and realized that I was quite far away from where I needed to be and I had to head all the way back. Yeah, I thought that was quite funny when you told yeah. me. Yeah, good. So um, the racing, actually, let's, get, let's talk about the tracks. We talked about the track in... Um, the post-race podcast on Saturday after qualifying. And uh, a lot of the riders were, were kind of mentioning that they were very unhappy with, you know, the track because it was very different to what they experienced last year. Well, the whole day was a, a different experience last year with the blizzard. But, um, you know, this year the, the sun was out, um, but it did obviously the temperature to drop on Sunday, but the track was just way different. So I think it, it, be, it, was, it seemed a lot harder uh, I think riders mentioned that they needed to, to really kind of dig down into the soil. Um, but I think this is on the back of, of them having quite a hard, like, dry summer. Wow, that was a little speech you did about the track there. Well, I spoke to a lot of people the weekend. Um, basically, they didn't rip it as much as normal, which is weird because I know uh, Holland and Belgium have had really bad weather this winter and it cleared up like two weeks ago. And I thought there'd still be the after effects of that. Like, I thought the car parks would still be a bit muddy. There'd still be puddles from places but obviously in the last two weeks it's dried up significantly more so than the promoters thought i think hence why they didn't really feel the need to uh, rip it and kind of manufacture it in a way to get rough they kind of thought it would do that naturally uh, like it did last year because of the snow frost and whatever but uh, everyone said it was hard fast sketchy there weren't many lines or there were many lines but there was one fast line which is obviously not what sand is at all but then vulcan never uh really sad like if you compare that to Lommel it's nothing 
Oh, if he's, you, he's down already. I, if you compare wow. that to Vulcan Sword, then it is like I mean, I mean, if you compare Vulcan Sword to Lummel, then it is really nothing. Like it's not even a comparison. So the fact that it is a sand race is kind of overplayed in some aspects, but it still wasn't as sandy as we've seen it. And I think a lot of riders were chasing their setup on Saturday for that because obviously you head in with a little notebook with past settings that you've used and you kind of have a good idea of where to start from and that was just way off. Yeah, I think every rider, every team struggled on Saturday to find the, the right set from factory down to, to your standard privateer. They flattened the track quite a bit apparently on a Saturday night as well which a lot of people were calling for them to rip it and make it deeper and leave it and they flattened it in spots which actually caused the, uh, <laughs> the Tim Geyser crash that we'll talk about later. But yeah, which is weird because that isn't normal either. But okay. it's not like it was a bad conditions or anything. It's just different and caught quite a few people off guard. Um, so it was weird for us as well because uh, the first time we'd, we'd actually flew to um, Amsterdam and then driven down to um, Lommel. So um, usually we drive the eight hours um, to there. So that was kind of a weird, weird journey for us. I guess so. Well, I blame you. Because I actually enjoy driving. Oh. Well, I've got, well, I actually have a lot of work to do on weekends. So I need to try and save as much time as I possibly can. Okay. And flying helps me do that. Right. Some of us aren't there for leisure. Some of us are, some of us are there for business. Oh, are you? Yes. When, when are you going to do that? What, the business? Yeah. I did it from Friday to Sunday. Oh, okay. 2.30 a.m. Uh, we, we've had a discussion about Monday this. morning, my laptop you, closed. You cannot I think count. you went to bed, what, four and a half hours before You me? cannot count watching adult websites as part of your day. If you check the timestamp on the time that the podcast went up, you'll see how long I yeah, was. Anybody can fall asleep and then just wake up and then post something. So um, the weekend. One of my highlights actually was um, Jazz Akonis, uh coming up to me and saying uh, that you shit talking on podcasts. I like Jazakonis. I am on Team Jazakonis. And oh, together, Jesus. together, we're going to show everyone what's up. Well, to be honest, I stood in front of him and I gave him the opportunity to punch me in the face and he didn't take it. Oh, I would have. <laughs> I even asked him twice if he'd like to do that. No, yeah. Jazakonis is cool. Jazakonis gets it. Yeah, he's a good guy. And I never actually shit-talked him. I just said that I feel like some people are unfair to him with their expectations. I would, that's you. You're, you're the unfair one. No, people were unfair to him with their expectations. That, that, yeah, but that was Because you. he mentioned in my interview that he's still quite inexperienced, hasn't had that much time, and that's exactly what I've been saying on a podcast. Right. People seem to look at him as if he's had seven years in the class and should be podium in every week. Really, he's as close to a rookie okay. as you can get still. You, you, you are very good at digging yourself out of a hole. I'm, that's exactly what I've always said. What? I'm just. I'm. I'm that just. You're great at digging yourself. It's out of unfortunate that I had to put him as my as my potential disappointment for the year, but I was more looking at how the fans were perceiving him and how I felt like they just set a bar a little bit too high for him. Whereas I recognise that he'll get there eventually. It's just going to take a bit of time. Oh, so now you're talking as the fans and not as Lewis Phillips. Hmm? Hey, I'm just trying to uh, offer some insight on the situation. No, I think you're digging yourself out of a big hole because you basically said that uh, Jazakonis was a disappointment. You have got it completely wrong. I think if you, you listen to last week... comprehend three... basic English. Whatever. Because it wasn't even last week either. It, it was the last three weeks. So um, I think if you rewind the last three weeks, then I've been on the Jazakonis bandwagon and now you've just decided to get on. I've actually... I've just been uh, offering an expert 
analytical opinion Ooh. on how that everyone is looking at things. Are you calling yourself an expert? I realized I did that. I was trying to oh. I was trying to I was trying to put, trying to oh, put a, wow. I was trying to put a label on it and then a word just came out of my mouth and I had to run with it. But yeah. Uh, you put yourself up there now. Me and Jazz is Jazz Codis are gonna go to the top very soon. Yeah. You, Everyone better watch out. I think everybody's just seeing through this now. I think this is a great thing about this podcast show is that people can actually see how how quick you chop and change. No, because I stand by what I said. Okay. Yeah. 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 Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Well, everybody's got a, the ability now to, you know, listen back yeah, to. Yeah, they can go back shows. to the preseason show, and hear me say that I think that potentially some people are going to be disappointed by Jazakonis because everyone seems to think that he's going to podium a lot this year, and he's only ever had one in his career, never completed a full season in MXGP, and this is only his what he's only done sixteen races in the class in his career. I feel like he's not ready for that yet. And speaking of um, podiums, Gert's with his third podium. Oh, we're actually talking about Volkswagen now. And um, well, I'm just talking. I mean, we're just you know oh. talking about podiums, and then we're just saying that uh, Gert's is now was he only 18? Uh, I'd like to, first of all, I'd like to thank you for telling me that it was Gert's third podium, considering that on uh, yesterday Monday I was the one who told you that stat. So thank you for taking that one off of me reciprocating it and chucking it back at me. I appreciate that. I, I didn't know that. I had to thank you for it. Oh, it's just that in the car, I said to you, huh, this was Gert's third podium, and now you're kind of taking that one for yourself. Uh, no, I'm not taking it. I'm just, as the host, I was just explaining it. I didn't realise I had to like, is it like a credit? Is it like an Instagram photographer? I've got to just say, every time I mention something, I've got to say, Lewis Phillips said. Well, if you're going to take my opinions and my stats, then this God, show's going to be... This is what we're talking about. We've been talking about this with the Conor McGregor swag and the big balls. We had a little conversation, didn't we, the weekend about this as a team, about you. It's like you're the lead singer and of I Queen, said, and I said, Freddie Mercury, who just walks off and, and I thinks said he that, can do I it. I said last week, you can't make these jokes anymore because people think you're being serious. Well, I think we are getting to the serious point. Okay, great. Right. Well, you have a drink and sort yourself out, whatever you're doing over there. Um, I think I'm dying more than last week. Yeah. Uh, ho hopefully. <laughs> and there's a few people out there who would like that. Um, so, this week. This week. I've got to be honest, I didn't enjoy the racing. I did. Really? Did you see the last lap of MX2 Moto2? Did you see the battle for third overall in MXGP? Yeah. Yeah. Did you see guys are coming through the field? Did you see Max leading MXGP Moto1? Yeah. Did you see Monticelli running fourth for like half a race out of nowhere in the sand? Yeah. These are all talking points. Did you see Van Horbeck backing up his first round and almost landed on the podium? Yeah. And others? Yeah. Did you see Geyser keep Crowley close? Did you see Prado return and immediately go 1-1? Yeah. What more do you want from the racing? Just racing, really. Well, I've just given you like 20 interesting plots and you have uh, shit all over them. Well, I'm kind of hoping that Trentino will lend itself to kind of you know, a bit more racing. Okay. I just, I don't know. I just, maybe I've got high expectations What's happening, now in... people? What's happening, people, is James has never done three GPs in a row before. And what, what we're seeing now is, is, is early, he's in a mid-season slump where it's starting to get to him a little bit and he's not just not sure about things. Now, obviously, the rest of us, or the riders, or the teams, or anyone, they don't, this is, we're all like still feeling the buzz, but he's just, the travel, the time, it's just all wearing on him, and he's now in his mid-season slump, and he'll pick it back up soon, but early. It's like an early midlife crisis. Well, not early, would it? <laughs> Be bang on time, wouldn't it? <laughs> I've actually left you speechless there. That's actually quite funny for you. I'm yeah, just I'm, actually, I've just literally... I'm perfectly primed for a mid, uh, midlife crisis, yeah. 
So I just need my red anyway, sports car. Anyway, as you were disappointed about the racing. Yeah. How about I just take I just take control of things because. Okay, but you tell you tell uh, me and everybody about. Let's start with MX2. And what we're starting with MXGP. Okay, let's. Start. No one wants to start with MX2. Okay, let's start with MXGP, and uh, you tell us about how great the racing was. Okay, well we'll start with Caroli. One one. He did look good again, but he didn't feel good because his shoulder and neck thing is still bothering him. Yeah, well I didn't know that. And he had to ride this week, even though he didn't really want to, by the sounds of it. Well, actually, no, he's tested suspension and he couldn't really afford to miss the test. So his hand was kind of forced, like he had to kind of weigh up the options, which obviously didn't help things and even admitted in uh, my post-race podcast on mxwise.com that doctors have said that it would actually help him if he didn't ride and didn't race. But obviously he's pushing through it and it's not having too much of an impact on his results because he was um, on top in every single session. At Vulcanswald, apart from warm up on Sunday morning when Van Horbeek went quickest. So obviously he's fine and whatever, but he just isn't feeling comfortable and won't again this weekend. Can I ask you a question? Yes. So every podcast I hear or everything I hear is riders injured. I mean, we're only in, we've only done three rounds and everybody seems to have like a, you know, an injury here, an injury there. I mean, how much of these things? I mean, uh, is a bad example because we've seen him have three big crashes. But, you know, like, you know, riders should be having rest. And look, I'm just saying, like, from what I've listened to, there seems to be a lot of injuries. Now, how, ma- how many of these things are real injuries or how many of these, they just plan on it to, to, to lower expectations? It's all real injuries. Do you think? Who, like, why? No, yes, it's all real injuries. Okay. Yeah, I think, yeah, Caroli's just saying it to a, uh... Because obviously that one-one doesn't look very good, does it? So he's just saying it to kind of take some heat off of him. I'm just, I'm just saying there's a lot of there seems to be a lot of riders with with injuries. They're like no more than normal. Okay. Like if you look at the okay, let's quickly do this. So top ten in MXGP at the weekend. Caroli, he's got a shoulder and neck problem. Desal, he hurt his wrist, uh, his hand at Matali and actually injured his knee at Balkansoir. Uh, Geyser's fine. Van Horbeek's fine. Jazakonis is yeah, fine. You just said Geyser was Lieber's fine. You, but you just said just a minute ago that Geyser was injured, and the doctor said that he should have. I was talking about Caroli. Was you? Thanks for paying attention. Fucking hell. Well, I was bored already. To be honest, you just so anyway. So Sewer's still dealing with his lung infection. Pauling's fine. Simpson's fine. Zanzi's fine. So from the top ten in MXGP at the weekend, three riders are dealing with little. Uh, problems. Uh, maybe I was probably 11 to 20 if I was thinking about them. So, yeah. Anyway, thanks for interrupting again. And if you haven't got anything constructive to say. Okay, let's go back to Crowley. Then I thought you were talking about Geyser. I thought we were talking about Geyser was looking good. No. Okay. We haven't even touched on Geyser at all yet. All right. Calm down. I'm just I'm confused at what you're playing at, to be honest. Nothing. I'll anyway. Sit here. So, yeah, Crowley went 1 1 as expected. No one really thought he was going to get beaten in the sand, did, it, did they? Let's be honest. Beaten, I, Jeb Beaten. I would have put. I that would was have a bet, good one. I would have bet my life on the fact that Crowley would go one-one at Volkenswald. Interestingly, he hasn't won the overall there since 2014, though. So, well, in yeah. Although it was expected, it's not necessarily not. It wasn't necessarily a given. Like it's not like he's been dominant there in recent years. Obviously, uh, Paulin won 2015 and 2017. Everett won in 2016, and Hurlins won last year. But uh, yeah. So everything's trucking along. He's got a 22-point lead in the championship now. He's went 1-1 again. Never won the first three rounds of a championship before. Just perfect, 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 and perfect. Well, you're going to say that, aren't you? Because didn't you sit in Caroli's camp at the weekend and just hang out 
had the tour. That's mm. where the interview was conducted. It yeah. was warmer in there. Okay. But no, how could like this is a I feel like I feel like riders like Caroli are sometimes in a shit position. Whereas they've done so much in their career that when they get when they go one one, they're not celebrated. They're just looked at like, well, he's done his job and he that's what he's expected to do. Like they're not given props or they're like because it's just seems and even Hurlings last year, it's looked at as just a normal thing. But this is like an unbelievable start. Hurlins didn't even start this well last year because he went two two at round three. So didn't win the overall. Right. And didn't even Hurlins didn't even have a red plate after round three. So and I this, just feel like Caroli needs more credit. And this is his best start to a GP season ever, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think you're right. I think maybe we haven't um bigged him up as much as people should be doing. Like he has just been dominant. And like I said last week, he typically starts slow, like winning the first round, winning the second round. That isn't his MO. No. So this is good. No, I like it. This is good. Did you learn any insights from Corelli's camper? Uh, I just said those things. Shoulder, neck, tested suspension this week. Favorite chocolate? He's going to ride. He's going to ride Wednesday this week, and that's it. But nothing. It shouldn't be too much of an issue. But yeah, I I went on record after round one saying that if any if there's a race where he'll lose the overall coming up, it'll be uh, Trentino. You can still feel. I still think that, but then I also think that he'll be ridiculously tough to beat. Yeah, but Geyser has done very well at, at Trentino in the past. <laughs> and so has Caroli. Okay. So we're in for a good race. You'd think so. I'd guess both well. Obviously, Caroli wants to win it because it's his home GP. And it's pretty much Geyser's home GP. So yeah, he gets a lot of support. So they're both going to be going into there ready to go and po- uh, poised for hopefully a good race. Cool. But uh, yeah, second overall in MXGP and easily like. I did not see this coming. I think I even said on the Saturday night podcast that like, if DeSalle went 8-8, I'd be like impressed or that's okay. And he actually somehow finished second overall, which I don't really understand how because... He just quietly went, went about his business. That's how it felt. He, 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 was, he was there or thereabouts in all the sessions, but he just seemed to get the job done. We can't really overlook the fact that a 2-5 for second overall is uncommon. Barry. I'll, I'll have to look it. I have to look it up this week, but I can't really remember the last time someone finished second overall with thirty-eight points. Okay, but uh, yeah, he uh, injured his hand, wrist at Matley, and then did his knee in in the second race at Alkenswar. Uh, I was just actually reading about it, and if you vamp, I'll be able to get up what he said about it. Vamp is yep. that is that the whole smoking thing? No, that's fape. Wow, wow, wow! What for? But to be honest, this MXGP season is taking its toll. I'm so tired right now. I don't even know where I'm Yeah, that one-minute drive to the podcast this morning must have really done you in. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I had to drive back from Gatwick because someone keeps picking Gatwick as an airport. It's just like, it's killing me. Three-hour drive every week. What? Like the one that I have to do here? To get on a plane. Yeah, I'm 43. I'm really old. Don't you understand? Well... You're only 23. You're half my age. I think what... uh... At 23, I'd, I'd, I could go out five nights in a row on, on you know, drinking, then do a skydive, and I'll be absolutely fine for work the next day. So yeah, DeSalle hurt his knee in the uh, first moto and said that between motos, he had to work with a physio and a doctor just to be able to get another top five. So who knows if that's going to linger. So Honda have their own physio? No, DeSalle! DeSalle! I was talking about DeSalle! We're not talking about Geyser anymore? No, I said DeSalle! We're talk- we haven't even touched on Geyser yet. 
Did I say guy? I don't think I said geyser, but you're making me question myself now. So DeSalle's got his own doctor. No. Oh my. Obviously, the FIM doctor and Kawasaki's physio. Honda, like, okay, on your previous question, yes, Honda, unrelated, have their own physio. Wow. His name escapes me right now, but great guy. Cool. So yeah, I don't know if that's going to linger with DeSalle uh, coming up this weekend, but he would typically be good at Trentino. And if he finished second overall at Vulcansward, when he's not a sand guy at all, then uh, who knows what's coming. Okay. Thanks for that. Yeah. Do you want to say something now? Because I feel like I've just done this whole podcast single-handedly. No, you crack on. I'm just sat here drinking water and ad- admiring your knowledge. Well, every time you've come out with something <laughs> today, it's been wrong. So, But equally... Yeah. That's what I'm here. I'm just here for the fun factor. Equally, one of those free hour. I don't really want to do a free hour one-man show because... No. Well, we actually said in the car coming back yesterday that, uh, you know, it's good for me to get things wrong because then you can take the piss out of me. Did we say that in the car? Yeah, we did. Oh, yeah. okay. Because sometimes you feel like um, that you get the piss taken out of you, don't you? You could say that. Yeah, so now I'm just being me so you can take the piss out of me. Do you feel better for it? I just, I don't know what's happening. Okay, what do I? Right, uh, third overall. Tim Geyser. I was honestly so bloody shocked when uh, I thought third overall, the battle for third overall was between Van Horbeck and Jazakonis. So when the Slovenian flag went up above the podium, I was blown away. Like, like, blown away I was. But there was a freeway tie, wasn't there, for third? Yeah, they were all tied on 36 points. Interestingly, Gertz and Vlandrin were both tied on 36 points for third overall in MX2 as well. Wow. It's a weekend of tying. A weekend of 36 points. Okay. Um, yeah, Geyser did what Geyser does. Fast, podium, crash. Three things. Fast, podium, crash. Okay. Each week. Fast, podium, crash. Not necessarily in that order, but in one order or another. And did he hear it himself? No, he actually, um, I asked him to, <laughs> I asked him to, obviously this year he's had three big crashes, Argentina qualifying race, Matali, and then Volkenswald. So I asked him to rate the three <laughs> after the race and put them in order. Because I thought that could be a fun game. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> I thought that could be a fun game. Did you like that? No, I don't think he really appreciated the game. Oh. But um, what would you say? What, was, what would your three be? I think Matali was first. Yeah. See, that Volkenswald one looks bad. But he played it down big time. He said, it, he said, obviously, it wasn't a big crash. I feel like it was a big crash. Yeah. Especially I think any time right, that yeah. you Superman through the air yeah. in a wave section, <laughs> but it's a big crash. But he didn't think it was that big a deal at all. So he put it right at the bottom. Do you know what's interesting list. is that he's had three big crashes and February's had one crash and he's out. I heard lots of talk in pit lane this week that people saying like, oh, he's made out of stone and whatever. Stone is like rubber. He's rubber, man. I actually heard people say that, oh, ha-ha, has he eaten stone for breakfast? Why stone? Because he's made of stone, he doesn't break. Okay. I mean, it's like whoever, like, yeah, just heard those, those comments. A bit silly, a jackhammer could break stone. Yeah, I didn't make, I didn't make those comments. I didn't involve in those discussions because I thought it was a terrible, terrible yeah. joke. But Analogy. Yeah, it is actually amazing that he's gotten through these not even beaten up at all other riders must be looking at him just thinking what has he taken how do you survive those free crashes do you want us to take a step outside no, i'm fine well you're ruining the podcast show well this coughing isn't going to go away i'm still ill but my voice is deeper so well is it okay with the ladies maybe this will make me more bearable to listen to maybe more manly oh uh, yeah for what it's worth guys a streak of a uh, fast podium crash i don't think it happens this weekend i think he just goes fast podium yeah, crash. I agree. I think he's going to do really, really well in Trentino. He can't crash every week. No. Can he? 
I don't know. The funny thing is, though, do you think he's trying too hard? No, because he told me he wasn't. Oh, well, I guess now is a good time to, to say his explanation of why he crashed. Okay. Let me just pull it up here. Yeah. So uh, he said they were making the jump that he crashed on nice before his race, so they flattened all of the ruts, and then that made it soft. So when he hit it, he came in too fast, and then it dragged his left uh, leg off a footbeg. But then him coming in too fast isn't necessarily him pushing. It's him coming in too fast for the track conditions. Okay. But, yeah. So he just underestimated it. But I'll tell you what's funny. The more he crashes, the more I hear people say, oh, his days are numbers. Like, he's getting lucky. How long till he uh, crashes out? I kind of feel the opposite. The more he crashes and gets up, the more I'm like, well, he's just going to always be fine, isn't he? Because you've got to think he's had his hardest crashes of the season now. Yeah, I know, but you, you, I understand what you're saying. But So some crashes can be so innocuous that it could just be something, you know, very, very small and can cause sometimes the biggest injuries. So I think he's just been playing lucky. I just feel like he's not going to hit the ground harder than that. So if he does get injured at some point this year, it's not going to be because of how hard or how much he's crashing. Because clearly that isn't an issue. Like, people do genuinely now look at him like his days are numbered, but I just feel like if he crashes that hard again in Trentino, which I don't think he'll do, and he doesn't get up, I'll be more surprised than if he does get up. Because I've now, he's done it so many times that I've kind of reset my expectations to a point where every time I see him go down, I just don't even give it a second thought. and just like, oh, he's going to get straight back up. And come through again. Yeah, whereas other guys obviously aren't that lucky and no. break themselves more. And I but guess like, I was thinking this at a, at a weekend, actually. When was the last time guys have actually broke a bone? I don't know. I, yeah. I actually don't know. I feel like he did his collarbone at some point. But, like, he's been knocked out a few times. Mm-hmm. Can't think of when he actually broke a bone. No. I can think about time, all the times he was knocked out, but maybe I'm just missing one. I, feel, I do feel like he did his collarbone recently. Yeah, um, I'm not sure about that. Actually, he did <laughs> miss time. Oh, he broke his jaw, didn't he, last year? Yeah, that'll be it. It's just last year then. He's <laughs> got quite a lot of boxing injuries. Yeah, he broke his, he broke his jaw last year. How did I forget that? Yeah. yeah. Well, ignore that point then. Pretty sure in, 20, in 2017, he missed a load of races as well for some reason. So I'm guessing he, thinking that might have been when he broke his collarbone or something. Okay. But yeah. But so we, he does break bones, but not... He does break bones, but not to the extent of a broken leg or a broken wrist or a broken arm or something like that. And we both agreed then that we believe that he's going to be the person pushing uh, Caroli this weekend. Yep. Yeah. I haven't. Yep. Yeah. If anyone. Yeah. It will be him. And we're, we're not kind of, are we ruling out DeSalle um, doing well there? Doing well. I think he could finish third overall. I just don't think he's really got it in him at the moment to, to be either. No. Straight up anyway. Okay. But then he is good on slick hard pack like Trentino. So yeah. Who knows? Okay. Um, so let's talk about the, the guys who did tie on points. Who do you think performed best? Oh, Jazakonis. He was about Jazakonis. He was so good. I I've, couldn't, well, I say I couldn't believe it, but he's always been good in sand. Yeah. So should we have expected this? I, I think it's been coming. I've been, that's what I've been saying. I guess if he was fourth in a moto last week, then yeah. why, why wouldn't he be that fast? But then it's not necessarily his results that surprised me this weekend. It was just how fast he was. Like he went 4 4 for fifth overall. And he didn't, which is horrible, but he didn't, didn't necessarily get the gates. So he was just able to pull through. Weirdly, though, he did take a while to get going each time. Yeah. That was the only thing that like, made me scratch my head from his weekend. Like, every single moto, 
up until like the halfway point, he kind of didn't make any progress and then he'd just flick a switch and go. So yeah, that's what I found him really impressive. Not sure. Well, maybe that stopped him from getting on the overall podium, but the point that he got to in each race, there was always a massive gap ahead of him. So yeah, so he'd done what he needed to do. I'm not to sure get if he could really have made traffic. much progress, even if he'd got going immediately. But he should have been on the podium. He was more than fast enough. I'd actually love to have seen him start with Caroli. Yeah. Just to get, because I reckon he could have had the pace to run with him. Maybe not for the entire race, but I think he was on that speed level. Yeah. I think he was faster than Desao, faster than Geyser. Yeah. Which is a big one to say, but I do genuinely believe that. I mean, it was a real shame for Max, wasn't it? In the, was it the first race? I didn't realize he, he led for as long as he did. Yeah. He led for seven laps. Yeah. He for was some reason, good. watching, I just thought it was three or four. But again, he was lucky to get away with the foot peg just being wedged in the jeans. Yeah. We, I don't think I've ever seen that before. No. I'm sure I was what when I was watching I thought how horrific it must be to be in that situation when like because obviously the marshals just see him trapped under his bike so they're trying to pull it off him and then he's trying to communicate whilst there are bikes going around whilst he's got his helmet on but his foot pegs caught and obviously they don't realize so we just so they just keep like pulling and pulling and pulling and that must have just been a horrible situation but it created a hell of a wedgie you could say that yeah well, it must have been, because every time they were pulling out the, the jeans, the balls must have been, you know, brutally injured. Oh, right. Maybe you should follow up on that story. I'll ask him. Yeah. But no, he looked really good. Yeah. No, he did look really good. I, I think was... he might have won. Yeah, he was, he, was, he was looking really good that race. I don't think you can rule that out at all. No. And from what I've heard is that he was super comfortable as well. He's feeling good. And it's just one little thing. I feel like that would have been exactly what the series needed. But did, did he, he hit just, just hit neutral, didn't he? Stalled he stalled it, I think. Yeah, just hit, I'm um, yeah, pretty sure he hit neutral. So, but um, yeah, I feel like that would have been exactly what the class and the story, need, uh, the series needed without Hurlins there and everything. Someone like Max just coming out and winning a motor would have injected so much excitement, started so many conversations about who else can do that. that I feel like we just needed that. Yeah, but, maybe that's what I was, um, you know, kind of talking about at the start. It was racing, but it was like, there was no... It was just what we expected. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I just wanted a bit more, basically. You just wanted basically a crazy storyline or something like that. Yeah, just something. But then it's so tough to come by those. And you look at both classes and Prado and Crowley just look so good. Oh, yeah, they'll go 1-1-1-1-1 one, 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 one again this weekend. I think that was five ones there, but yeah, they can have one for perfect score. Just, just looks so good. I mean, that's the interesting thing with um, the, the ha- how far ahead they are of everybody else, it seems, at the moment. Yeah, okay. it's not even funny. It's not even funny. Like, I don't know what it takes. I don't know what it's going to take to uh, beat them. I genuinely don't. Well, a start would be nice because they both took both hole shots. Yeah. But then how do you even beat them to the first corner? I think that beating them to the first corner might be more of a, more of a, uh, uphill struggle. More of a to, challenge than yeah. actually beating them in the race. Yeah. So, who knows? But that is where the crux of the problem lies. Okay. So looking uh, at an- another kind of rider which uh, done well, and we kind of, well, you kind of mentioned that he's not really had this start coming into Europe, is Jeremy Van Horbeek. And we've been talking about he's still got that fire in the belly. And it's how long does this fire in the belly still last? I heard, but be careful here, I heard from someone that Jeremy told this someone that 
he wasn't a fan of his Yamaha the last few years because it was unpredictable and he didn't know what it was going to do. And I kind of shrugged those comments off thinking, well, it worked fine for him in 2014 when he was on the podium all the time and he even won qualifying races last year and whatever else. The more I watch him on the Honda, the more I start to believe him because you've got to point to a reason for his climb. That makes perfect sense. He just looks solid. There aren't little mistakes. There aren't little problems. Like, this is such a testament to Honda. Like, seriously, this, like, what, what a good positive look for Honda. Like, well, how... If, he, if he's saying that he's on a, a standard bike and has had a few... Or a privateer bike. Privateer bike, bike upgrades, then yeah. Yeah, like, I just, it's phenomenal. And we need, and I know people have been saying, like, this isn't the first time, obviously, Simpson won Lear up in 2014. With a JK Yamaha, which is... I was there. Yep, which is similar level team, I guess you'd call it. Was she there? No. Oh, okay. Um, and then DeSalle was winning with LS Honda in 2009, I believe. Nine? Yeah, nine, I think. Uh, and that was, again, privateer sort of team. But both of those riders, DeSalle was on the rise at that point and early on in his career. So it wasn't surprising because you always see the young guys break out of their surroundings and show those little flashes. So that was almost a separate issue. And then Simpson is just always good in the sand world, no matter what you put him on. So again, that was kind of a separate issue in its own little category. Seeing a rider like Van Horbick do this, who's on the tail end of his career and trending downwards, as harsh as it is to say, Mm -hmm. I think it's fair to say his peak is behind him, is in, as in, his 2014 season was podium in 14 of the 17 GPs or whatever it was. Yeah. I don't think, like, that was obviously where he was at his highest level. Yeah. So to see someone in the latter stages of their career go onto one of these teams and do this well, actually improve, is unheard of. Well, if he'd done one more pass in the first race, he would, he would have been out and out third. I mean, you could say that to everybody else, but... And uh, we can't ignore the fact that he actually pushed forward from a bad start in the second race as well. Which is so the he other can thing. do everything. <clears throat> yeah, which is the other thing which we were talking about last week was uh, it, could he... If he did get a bad start, would he be able to pull through? And he answered that question, um, you know, with that, with that performance. I guess the only question we have left is what is he like on the, uh, the uh, slick, rocky hard pack? Because sure, we saw him at Matley, which was hard pack, but it's not Trentino hard pack. So I guess that's the only question left. Yeah. How good is he there? And if he finishes top five again this weekend, then I'm out. He's yeah. just there. He's, He's just doing good well. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But no, I'm... I'm arguably, I'm arguably more impressed with his fourth overall at Volkenswald than I was in Argentina. That is almost more unexpected. So, cool. yeah, all positive for Honda, for Van Horvick, for everything. I think it's just almost unbelievable. And um, Jazakonis was actually a little bit unlucky to go 4-4 four, for four fifth overall. Yeah, that's when you know you've pissed some moto gods off. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, also, Libra looked very good this weekend. Yeah, but Libra always looks good. You, you see, you're one of those people that just doesn't recognize it. Yeah. Well, I've actually been on the Libra bandwagon for a, a but few I don't know. Now. I don't know what it is, but he just seems to always be there, but people don't notice. No. And even when he doesn't finish there, he was there at some point, but he just crashes. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an interesting one. Yeah, it was, it was just a consistent weekend. Um, what about Paul Am? Because we expected big things from Paul Am. Yeah, he just crashed. Could call it a loop out. I'm not sure what quite you'd... Uh, Power of the Yamaha, I guess. Yeah, coming out of the first turn, he just got off balance, off line a little bit, and uh, 
won't fly it off the track, but he had a little technical issue on Saturday, hence his sixth, uh, sixth in qualifying. Well, he finished sixth in qualifying, so that shows you how little it was. And then was right where you'd expect him to be at the week on uh, race day. But he looked really good in the first race. So, you know, he, it was, he, he was there or thereabouts. You know, he's in third position. The, the two in front did get away um, for a little bit. But um, he did look good. Yeah, there's no reason to, like, look at his results and be like, oh, this is, he's inconsistent or, like, like yeah, he crashed. He was going to be on a podium otherwise. So it's all good. Yeah. Um, and Sean Simpson, great weekend for him. At one point, he was in fourth in race two. Uh, yeah, for a long time. Yeah. And if you exclude his crash in Moto1 at Matley, like take that out of the mix, then in the season, he would have gone 11, 9, 9, 9, 9, 8. That's consistency. Yeah. Obviously, with the crash, he had a 16th thrown in there. Yeah. But I don't think, I just feel like that is a good start for him. And I feel like he is another one of those riders who trends upwards as the season goes on. Yeah. Especially with some of the races that we have coming up. So I don't think he could have asked for much more to start a season with a new team and all of that. And everyone knows how tough that is. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I think it's all good. Yeah. All good. Um, anybody else you want to talk about? Sewer. I'm such a believer. Such a, be- like, he looks so good. But do you not think he runs a little hot and cold? No. No? Well, well I think that lung infection might be causing that a little bit. Okay. Um, yeah. No, honestly, he looks so much better than last year. More controlled. Looks like he can put the bike wherever he wants it. Honestly, he didn't have a podium last year. So getting on the podium is going to be his first goal. I think yeah. he smashes that this year. Not even a question in my mind. He is on a podium at some point. I think he leads laps and really? potentially wins. Okay. Yeah. Something. Qualifying race even. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I do think he looks... Really good. Um, and in your podcast with um, Paul Jonas, how how is Paul Jonas now? Is he is he getting fully fit, race fit? Uh, either he told me he was seventy percent, or Sewer told me he was seventy percent. One of them is seventy percent. Wow, can't remember which one. Okay, but uh, Jonas has actually only only done one day of testing all year. Really? Because he got a late start. Yeah. So. He thinks he'll be a near 100% of Mantua, so this break is going to be a big one for him. But again, considering all of that, like he's not doing bad at all. And again, it's a sign that good things are coming. The, the problem is, what, what do riders and teams do? Because we've got, this is an interesting, um, you know, fall. Do they take, you know, four to five weeks off and just concentrate on testing and getting riders back to, to, to 100%? Or do they do the, the two uh, Dutch Masters races. But do Jonas they... is doing the two Dutch Masters races. This is what I'm saying. It's like, you know, if you're not 100%, what, what is the best? It'd be interesting to find out what, you know, ask people a bit more. There's no better way to get into race shape than by racing. Jonas actually said he isn't even meant to be racing now. If he followed doctor's orders, he wouldn't be on the line, even now, let alone Argentina, which was a month ago. Wow. Why, why is he able to return so quick? I don't know. Re- things just recovery well. speeded up? Yeah. Okay. But like that kind of gives you an indication. And considering that, like, he's proven already that he's got the speed and should be like top six in MXGP, top seven each yeah. week. So it's all good things. Yeah. I expect, I'm very excited about watching Sewer and Jonas over the next two months or so because I think they could really make a bit of a splash and give us that new face on the podium that we kind of crave at the moment. Yeah. 
Um, there was also uh, uh, brief glimpses of what Koldenhoff could do because at some points he was he was up there. He was looking good. Yeah, I think he's got more of a... Is it actually be interesting to try and rate Jonas Sewer and Koldenhoff in the scale of who, has, who is furthest from 100%? From what I know, I'd say it goes Sewer, Jonas, Koldenhoff. Okay. With Koldenhoff being the furthest from 100%. But yeah, like I said previously, we just got to give him time. There's no way you can judge him or anything like that. Just going to take time. And Monticelli, again. Same same type of um, not same type of rider, but same type of performance where he he showed glimpses of what he could do, but unfortunately, just is that kind of a mental thing of running up, um, running up front, or Monticelli can get starts. Yeah, you know that a little bit of a roadblock at times. Yeah, like if you look, there's typically a freight train right behind him, but you have to run yeah up there to learn. Yep. So considering that. Think about if he gets a good start in Trentino on a track that's quite narrow, tough to pass. Not as many lines as Valkenswald, even in the state that we saw it at the weekend. Yeah. He could start there and finish there quite easily. Yeah. Like, it's just phenomenal. Like, had I told you, like, had I sat this, this time last year and said, yep, uh, next year you'll see uh, Monticelli running fourth at Valkenswald in MXGP, I would have got laughed at so hard. I would have yeah. got, I just would have been a laughing stock. Like, it's so unbelievable. He, he has got to be hands down the most improved rider from last year to this year. Does it just come from the switch to standing construct KTM? I think so. Do you think? I think that is one part and then it's riding with Max Amstey and Glenn Kovnoff also helps. You think riding with riders of that caliber? Yeah. It was, it's definitely going to bring you on but... Obviously standing construct KTM is a great team as well like compared to where he's been recently. Yeah. So... so I, just, I just, you know, hands down easily the most improved rider over 12 months. I'm just not sure if I think that he's going to get the results in the coming weeks. I feel, like it's going to take, I feel like it's going to be a longer... I feel like his progress has been so rapid so far this year that people are now thinking it's going to continue at that rate, but I think it's going to take longer for him to get to a point where he is finishing where he's typically starting. Yeah, I think if you, if you look at the quality in the top 10 as well, as you know, he, it's, it is so good. And, and for him to be there or thereabouts... Is a, I'm sure he kind of went in at this year with goals and uh, aspirations, and I think if he could see now what he could have seen sort of three four months ago, he would he would have take he, he would take this. Harry Kulas was impressive. Tonus once again finished one moto and didn't score points in the other. Although he did finish, actually no, actually no. Right, so Tonus, uh, Tonus finished twenty first in the second moto, therefore scoring points in one moto and not scoring them in the other. However. The official results show he finished 20th in the second race and got a point because Sven van der Meerden uh, on the Houghton Metal Yamaha team uh, got docked five positions for failing uh, noise control at the end of the second race, which bumped Tonus from 21st to 20th overall, therefore putting him from 19th to 18th overall. So he technically scored points in both races for the first time since 2017 at Volkenswaard, although realistically he didn't. But he did, because that's the rule. Yeah, but in his mind, he is frustrated at the fact that uh, he can't string two motors together. And no. he needs to. Yeah. Quite simply. Like, he's, and he's proven that he's good enough. It's not like he's struggling. Like, he's on pace. Yeah. He's not struggling. He's not feeling the effects of missing a year. No. He's There's no good. reason why he can't go 6-6 six, six this weekend. For whatever reason, things aren't happening. I did actually speak to him after the race, and he uh, went into detail about being taken out by Tixier last week. 
and it sounds dirty. Really? I wanted to say to him, actually, Tonus called Tixia out on Instagram and said, like, I got taken out by Georgie Tixia. Yeah. thought that was quite cool because no one names a rider. Yeah. So, like, I, I was going to say it to him, but, like, fair play for actually putting it out there. But Tixier did look good this weekend. I don't think I've noticed Tixier on track at all all year. Oh, I did definitely this like, weekend. I don't know why, but just doesn't stand out. Yeah. Well, he, he, Probably because he's one of 20 million KTM riders. What did, what did he get in the first race? Was it a 10th? Uh, let me think about this. He got a 10th. Yeah, pretty sure it was a 10th. And he was... And I think he probably would have been there or thereabouts in the second race. But I'm not sure that it seemed like a technical pro. Uh, oh, yeah, he had a mechanical, didn't he? He was very yeah. angry and pit laid, threw his goggles to the ground. Very angry, but, but that's good. That's passionate. I think he can see that he, could, he is starting to come together now. And I think he believes that he could be there. So I, I think we see um, if, if they can get a bike right, then I definitely think we can see Tixier in and around the top 10. Speaking of belief of being there, Ryan Bogers. Ryan Bogers. He did it. He yeah. kind of did what we wanted. What, did he get a 12? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you could have expected any more than that. No, we're, we're happy with 12. What happened in race two? I know what happened in race two. Let me just search into my uh, files. Yeah, because uh, obviously he, he, he started out good with the, with the first race. And then uh, I didn't know whether he, was it a DNF in I've the second? I've got weekend notes here. Okay. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean. Oh, uh, he crashed with another rider. Okay. And damaged his bike. But I think we can officially take our hand off the panic button now. Mm. Really? Yeah. Really? He, he, he's done what you asked him to do, which was get a 12. No. You said 14 yeah, but last, I don't think, last I didn't week. Say and that you'd be was going to fix everything. I think I said that's what he has to do to like stop the bleeding. Yeah, which he's done. Yeah. Yeah. If he doesn't get in the points again this week. At weekend, some point, you've got to give him credit. Yeah. And he's done what I you have. want. I was the one who was sat here saying after the first two rounds that you can't jump on the guy because he's been through a lot. Yeah. But I said that he had to perform better, which he did. Yeah. If he goes back to scoring no points this weekend, which is realistic. Yep. Based on what we've seen, that's not completely out of the realm. Yeah. Then that's obviously still a problem. Okay. But it's a positive. Yeah. This is the first, uh, this is basically the first um, bit of positivity that we've seen from him since he joined Team HRC. So. Yeah. And he had pretty much the same type of weekend as uh, kind of an Alessandro Lupino. Um, one race we've seen Lupino not up there, and the next race we've seen Lupino up there. He looked good. And then, but he just could, didn't have the luck, I don't think, this weekend. He had the speed. I feel like Lupino's had an odd season. Weirdly, I don't feel like I've noticed Lupino much either. But he hasn't been in the top 10 at all, which isn't good. If you compare, well, actually, no. For this time last year, it'd almost be expected, but compare it to where he was at the end of last year, and it's not good. Well, yeah. He's getting his teammate back this weekend, by the way. Is he? Yes, Benoit Patruel. Yes, with the arm pump surgery. Yeah, is returning in Trentino. It'd be interesting for you to speak to Patruel to, to ask him if he even spoke to his team about like maybe just taking the first three months off. Is that a dig? It's not a dig. Oh. It's just, um, it'd just be, it's an interesting... No, the like, team of... They decided he was having loads of arm pump in, his pre in the first preseason race in Italy, and they just decided that it had to be fixed. Wow. Okay, it was that severe. It took longer than expected, because originally he was just going to miss Argentina. Yeah. And then be back for Matali, so it's taken two weeks longer than expected. But Okay, I, I didn't know this, and I'm, I'm sure quite a lot of people out there didn't know that. Either. Oh, what, you thought he just went off on his own and was like, no, 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 FaceTimed not... the team manager for an hospital. I was like, you're right, mate? Yeah, uh, 
just let you know, I've just decided to have arm pump surgery. No, no, no. I, I, I was quite interested that why, why it wasn't done earlier on in the year. But if it was done earlier on it in the year... It was a result of... Complications. What happened, no, it was a result of what happened in the preseason races. Okay. It wasn't arm pump during testing in January. But is this... Uh, did you have arm pump last year? Or, or previous years? Or is this so. a new thing? I think this is quite a new thing. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, very we can, weird. We can find out more. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean... We're going to talk about it, and I, he's probably not going to want to talk about it, but what the hell happened to Tommy? A lot happened to Tommy. Talk me through it. Well, I'll have to pull up my notes again. Oh, no, really? Yeah, because this is such a long one that it's, it's kind of hard for me to rattle off. I need, like, a script for this one. Okay. Uh, let me find it. I did see him go down or stalled at one point in the day. And then uh, was it bike problems in the other? Uh. T- so Saturday was bad, and when I spoke to him, he couldn't remember why. Okay. So that, that was that. I believe he blamed then, himself at some point. Didn't yeah, he? he did. And then in my interview, he said, so the first race, I'm struggling to even remember what happened, but it wasn't good anyway. Okay. So there's that. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he just had a bad start. Thinks his rear wheel hit the gate, and it popped up. Coming through slowly, and then he crashed, and that was it. Uh, then he swapped bikes on a sighting lap before... The second race because of a problem. Okay. An un die an unreleased problem. Okay. Uh swap bikes and then actually getting on this new bike, but he hadn't raced all day. He felt a million times better. Suspension was better. Everything was better. Which is weird. Very weird. Even that in itself doesn't really make sense. But he crashed in the second race as well because um Yeah, at some point I so just he- saw him hugging monster banners. So basically it was just a, a bad rough day. weekend. Yeah. When it's just like not for us to talk about. Basically, nothing went to plan. I did actually uh, put a comment on the, his Instagram asking him if it's because he's got fat. You need to explain that joke. Well, uh, I actually, well, I can't. He said kind of. You're not doing a very good job of explaining that joke. No. But basically, I just left a comment on Instagram saying, you looked fast this weekend and I forgot the S. So um, it said, you looked fat this weekend, which did he you replied just say to. You forgot the F's. So the S. Pretty sure you said F's. No, I didn't. I said S. Mm. What's wrong with you? Pretty sure you said that. Okay. But yeah, I forgot to, I forgot the S in fast. So it said fat, which he thought was quite funny. So that's now an ongoing joke that every time he uh, seems to be suffering, it's because he's put on weight. So while you're just in the corner, I don't know what you're doing. Is... I was coughing. I'm trying to get as far away from the mic as possible. Okay. Um, this, this, this podcast has turned into, turned into a shit show with your coffin. By well, the way. I'm sorry. You're just breaking up my okay. flow. I could have just not done the podcast. But I think that would have been better. Maybe me and oh, Rob yeah, should have done it. Oh, yeah, you could have sat here and just got everything wrong. Well, people like that. You just need a win, really, don't you? <laughs> a win, yeah. Jeez. Um, Anton Goal. Looked good again. Okay, I'm going to clarify something here. Okay. I think people have twigged onto the fact that you have something to do with JWR. Yeah. As in you're helping them. Yeah. But so you could be biased. Okay. Fair to say. Yeah. I'm not biased. Okay. Fair to say. Uh, yeah. Not as you. I'm not biased either. No, but I'm not in the I'm not in a position you are where you could potentially be biased. I'm, okay. Fair enough. Kind of use that to my advantage. What? You saying that I could use? No, not at all. I'm just saying. But some people could say, oh. This is just James being biased. Right. So I will take your point off of you and make it 
for me to prove it is genuine. Okay, I think people are really confused now. <laughs> I'm confused. Basically, Anton Goal yeah. has been bloody impressive. Like, I never in a million years thought he'd be getting points this easily. Yeah. Like, this is... Like, the people he's beaten... Like, okay, look at the... Uh, well, actually, this weekend isn't a good example because he had a crash in the second race, which... Uh, yeah, but he's, you have to remember he's only 21. So he yeah, has exactly. potentially like, got two years left in MX2. None of, no, none of the like, factors went into him performing this well. Like, I honestly can't believe it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm it's, actually very interested to see how this goes moving forward because this, he could... I don't think he's going to get as much credit as he deserves, but that's why we're here. Do you know what's quite cool? Um, here's a little bit of insight. Do you know that um, the, the actual Swedish Federation have hired a track in Italy this week for all the Swedish riders to train on. Really? Yeah. How cool is that? All the Swedish riders being Gull, Edberg. Uh, I want to say Jonathan Nil- Bengtsson. Oh, yeah, I want to say Nilsson, maybe. It's like the young academy riders coming through. Oh, so just young riders, not all of them. No, all, like, oh. they, yeah. So basically anybody who's in the, the, you know, Swedish Federation. Oh, that's quite cool. Who knew Sweden was so, like... Proactive. They're super proactive. And I, I, was, I guess that just, is Sweden. Though. Sweden are all about business, aren't they? So. Yeah. So like Edberg, Ed, Tim Edberg is going to be there as well. So I, ju- I just thought, wow, you know, that fair play to them yeah, that going that cool. extra mile. So they basically hired a private track, hired pack track, and so that riders can ride and train and and everything else this week. Do they supply like a coach or anything? Or I don't know. I didn't go into that much detail. Oh. But um, I, I was not. just a little bit shocked that they actually went this far. Yeah. That, well, I don't think anyway. anyone in the world's doing that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it, it just... Where do they get the money for that from? I don't know, but obviously they, whatever they're License doing... fees are doing well in Sweden. I don't know, but whatever they're doing, I think there's a lot of other countries which could kind of take note of that. You know, it's not just a case down to teams and riders to support. There's a lot that nations could be doing to That's support crazy. their riders. But I guess Sweden are in a position to do that because they have all these riders who are privateer-esque coming up. Whereas obviously if the Dutch Federation did that, Hurlins isn't going to show up because he's got his own thing going on. Koldenhoff probably isn't going to show up because he's good enough to have his own thing. Yeah, but there's still the next generation of young riders coming through. True. I guess for for EMX riders, this is a great... Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I just like kudos. I mean, I'm guessing Usland's going there. So Usland, Goal, Edberg, um, I think Samuel Nilsson, who's in 125 or 250. Viva La Sweden. Yeah. But yeah, I just... Quick shout out to the, the Swedish Federation. Well quick, done. Quick shout out to Sweden as a whole. Yeah. Hi, Sweden. Yeah. No, I just I just love stuff like that. It's just super positive for the sport. Um, before we wrap up MXGP, yeah. do you want to talk about one more rider? Uh, yeah, crack on. Who are you going to talk about? Dean Ferris. Uh, How did he do this weekend, Joe? Well, actually, I know this story, and I think you're going to take credit now from me. Wait, what? We haven't, we haven't spoken about this, by the way. Are we not? No. So you went there when I found out about no. Dean Ferris. What did you find out? So, uh, basically... Are you going to um, say something that you were, you're not meant to say? Uh, no, because I think it's on the Yamaha PR, which was put out but wasn't out on social media. Oh, God. Do you want to mouth to me what you're going to say? Because I've spoken to everyone about this. And uh... I know. So basically, it's not worked out for Dean Wilson. He's gone back to America. Dean Wilson? Uh, sorry, Dean Ferris. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Um, yeah, he's, he's basically just called time on the whole MXGP thing, and he's just going to concentrate on America. Not breaking news then. No. Oh. It was actually out on Yamaha PR. Yeah. It, it just was on wasn't... X-Vice last week. Yeah. Yeah. You're shocked, aren't you? You're shocked, aren't you? Huh? No. Why am I shocked? Why well, are you shocked that I knew that? Well, I did ask you how he did because I, I could see when I said his name, you looked at your results quite quickly. Yeah. Well, I knew he wasn't there. 
Yeah, but uh, he's done. So basically, you're, this whole podcast show, you're just trying to make me look a dick. No, because I just want to talk about him. He's oh, okay. done, basically. He's right. gone. In potentially the world's worst fitting stint ever. Wow, really? No, like, uh, not for his re, not on his behalf, like, not because he performed badly, but to get injured in your first race as a filling rider. Like, yeah. not M- ideal. Maybe just say it didn't work out. No, but like, it's rare for a filling stint to go this badly. Like, Yamaha are actually having a rough time at the moment. Barsh, uh, Plessinger's injured. Barsha crashed out at a weekend. Josh Grant as a filling rider is struggling. Fevra's injured, but filling Ferris got injured. Sewers. Really, really, really good, but also struggled with a lung infection recently. They got Paul Lamb. True, but as far as their full factory riders, okay, worldwide, it's a yeah. bit of a rough. I guess, uh, <laughs> I guess you could say they're feeling blue. Well, oh, and good. on that note, <laughs> <laughs> oh. but yeah, it's it's a shame it didn't work out, and it would have been good to see what he had. But he's actually, I believe, he's gone back to Australia for further checks on his knee. So I'm not sure if that's gonna impact his American dream or but I guess we'll find out in the coming months should we mention Boutron and uh, Petrov in the weekend I mean no. Boutron scored five points yeah that's an improvement Petrov scored points in both races yeah that's cool so the little little shout out there yeah. for both great work great work yeah cool okay that's, I think we're Can done we on that one effort? yeah let's do it this podcast is brought to you by 24MX Europe's biggest online motocross store There are hundreds of your favorite brands at discounted prices, so head over to 24mx.com to shop now. BMX Show. Hope you enjoyed that. That was uh, our MXGP overview. and uh, That was actually an advert. Yeah, before that. Smart ass. Okay, so um, Lewis is uh, hopefully recovered from his coffin fit. Mm. We will see. Do you know what, what was wrong with the back of your throat? No, not at all. No? Did it have some abuse over the weekend? No, but you can guarantee that I'll be fighting on. I'm sure you will. Unlike you, who would just crawl up in a ball under the table and be like, I need seven weeks off work because I've got the common cold. Do you know I've had one day off of work? And it wasn't a common cold. It was life or death. And I was back the next day. Mm. Anyway, let's talk about MX2. Let's because about that, MX2. Was, that, was, that was exciting the weekend. Mm-hmm. Because we had Prado return. We did. Well, actually, that made it less exciting, but... Yeah, I know, but we kind of expected that. We didn't know what sort of state he was going to be in, and we kind of foreseen him coming in and just laboring through and getting points. Actually, last week's podcast, I said Prado goes 1-1, and your reply was, really? In your voice. Yeah. Yeah, I completely got that wrong. Yeah. Yeah, agree. I need more credit when you just say, yeah. No, I don't think you do. I think you get enough credit. Go on. Well... Well, he did. Like, he done the job, didn't he? One, one. And I also got yeah. it right. Okay, you got it right. Thank you. Thank you. But if you're going to take credit, then you should also remember to understand about giving credit when you actually got the whole Jazzaconis wrong thing wrong. Um, and you wouldn't admit to that, and no, you still don't. I was okay, Arminus. I know you're listening. This is a joke. I'm just saying this is a joke. Okay, this is a joke. Don't punch me. This is a joke. Tell me I got it wrong again. You got it wrong. Did he podium? That was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> oh, oh, punch him. I actually said that to Arminus. Actually, I will hold him. I'll that hold was you. a joke. Me and AJ, we're like that. No, you're not. He said you're a prick. We're going to the top. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because that's not he's the AJ quite, I spoke to. He's very tall, and I'm also quite tall. So if we're like 
work together, we will be going to the top because no one else will be able to reach the heights that we will hit. Okay, that's just lame. But me and AJ, okay. the world better watch out. Well, another person you need to watch out for is Olsen because you keep shit talking no, to Olsen all the time. I can ju- I can justify that as well. I think so highly of him. Yeah, but. I feel like I want to see more. That is it. I feel like he's got so much. He is doing unbelievably well, but I feel like there's more in him. That is how fucking much of a believer I am. Look how passionate you just made me. I just wow. like full blown yeah. swore. Your mum listens to this. Piney is not going to be happy. Like how? Like, but genuinely. Yeah. Anyway, let's go back to Prado. Okay. Yeah. So Prado, we expected, or I expected him to come in laboring with an injury, maybe just pick up some points. And we kind of seen from, what was it, the fourth lap of free practice where he just blew everybody away. I just, everything about his weekend confuses me. He didn't ride at all before Saturday. So basically for two and a half weeks, he was off the bike, didn't do anything, and then turned up on Saturday and was like, right, let's see how this goes. And then somehow went fastest in free practice. Yeah. Like that doesn't make sense to me. The whole the whole performance didn't make any sense to me. For someone who was who was injured, suppose he had a hematoma underneath his shoulder, could hardly. I mean, you, didn't you say he, was, he, he felt like he was paralysed? No, he said he can't. He couldn't move and he couldn't breathe. Oh, okay, yeah. So how the hell did you go from there to to putting in, on the fourth lap fastest? Shows time? you how strong. I know people. I keep seeing at the moment people keep referencing the issues he's had with the heat and stuff in the past. A, the heat isn't a problem. He he handled it perfectly fine last year. And B, this proves just how like strong he is now. Yeah. Like he isn't that 16-year-old anymore. He is a full-blown 17-year-old. <laughs> he is a full-blown just like yeah. winning machine. Winning machine. Yeah. What a guy. What a guy. Yeah, but uh he isn't stressed about his position in the points. I'm not stressed about his position in the points. I don't think he is either. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. But let's talk about Olsen. Uh yeah, I guess there's not much else to say about Prado. Business as usual. Business as usual. But We've got a again, few questions we're... about him coming up later, so I'll go a bit deeper. But Okay. Um, um, anyway, yeah. moving on. Okay, you go deeper. Um, so, Olsen, what happened in race two? Nothing happened. He finished third. But he was in second. Yes. Uh, well, okay, I'm going to break this one down for you. So well, that's what I was in, hoping that you were going to break down about the, second, s- the sarcasm. If a, rider finishes, if a rider is in second and he finishes third, what that typically means is the rider who was in third and went to second made a pass on him. So that's how positions can change. Yes, I know that dickhead. Well, what, I don't know what else you want from me. Well, he was okay in second and then he was looking good. No, yeah, he was okay in, Gert- in second. Gertz was running lap times that were two seconds, three seconds faster than him. So is this where you kind of you're saying that we I should just expect feel like more? There's more. I feel like he can do better. Okay, because he's going to see that as three points lost. Yeah, two points lost. Two points lost. But yeah, like I f- and I feel like with the hard nature of the circuit and what how everyone was describing it, I feel like it would have been similar to Latvia, given Prado's condition and all of that, everything, given everything. I just feel like he could have done. He could have gone even further. And like I know you, everyone tells me I'm wrong, but you got you. Maybe understand where I'm coming from now. A little bit. Maybe a little, but... I, I, like, I just think not, he's probably... When just... I say this, it isn't me bashing him. It's me saying, I actually have such high expectations of him that I feel like there's even more in there. And I'm waiting to see that more. Yeah. I've, this speech is getting old because I do it every single week. But I feel like everyone's starting to come around to my line of thinking now and realising that I'm not bashing him. I'm actually, I'm actually the bigger believer. 
And the, the other thing what we should probably mention is, um, and I know this is coming up in questions later, but there seems to be something going on in the background of his team uh, with who's firing a, a issue in a PR. Was yeah. it late on Thursday? Uh, Friday. Friday. Basically, we'll talk about it later because we've got a full-blown question about it. But uh, I heard, I got told it on Saturday at Matterley that this had happened. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't like, it had all it was all changing for next year and it happened early and I from what I got told basically don't tell anyone because this is the biggest secret ever blah 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 and um, obviously those rumours I'm guessing those rumours got around and Husqvarna released a press release basically reacting to those rumours to get ahead of it as a proactive company would yeah so definitely a great move I think that's the nature of how that whole thing came about yeah so we'll talk a little bit, a little bit yeah. later, but I mean, with that going on, do you think that affected him? I don't think so. No? No, because I don't think anything changes. Nothing, well, no, I don't, it's not that I don't think, I know, nothing changes at the moment, so. Okay, or do you think it was... He's got a contract, so. Yeah, I, I, the other thing as well is, you know, we, we, I fully expected him to go 2-2 this weekend, but there again, Gertz has been getting better each GP. So he's starting to get back to where he was last year speed-wise in, in, in pushing the, the, the top three. So maybe this weekend is, is just a case of um, Gertz coming back to form. Do you think? No, because I don't think Gertz's form before was him going three seconds a lap faster than Olsen. That is unbelievable. Like, full credit. To Gertz? Yeah. yeah. Full, like, bloody hell. Yeah. What it's, was his lap times compared to Prado? Uh, well, at that point in the race, Prado had backed it down a bit and... Okay, so there's not really much to measure yeah. against. I think Prado, I think uh, Olsen and Gertz actually got quite, quite, quite close to Prado. Okay. Because they were pushing so much. Yeah. But yeah, and uh, if you didn't see the race, Gertz actually passed Olsen on the run up to the finish by launching the wall jump before the finish, which is cool. Like, we need to see passes like that. That is a cool pass. Yeah. That is exciting. So he literally just, instead of just kind of like scrubbing or yeah. rolling the last jump, he literally just sent Launched it. Launched it, yeah. Wow. Yeah, like, unbelievable ride. No negatives. Actually, one thing that I'm a bit uh, thinking about is he crashed in the first race. Yeah. I feel like he's crashing a lot this year. And I feel like he didn't do that last year. No. Just not big crashes, not geyser, but... Just little mistakes. Yeah. And I feel like that didn't... I don't know if that comes from like being another year older and wanting more and pushing a bit more, but... Yeah. I think that comes down to pressure. That's kind of got me that thinking emoji. Okay. But yeah, that second moto ride, like, bloody hell. Does he do that this weekend in Trentino? Probably not. It's hard to match that each week. If he matches that each week, he's going to be a title contender. I don't think he's there yet. Yeah. But this is a good sign for the future. And he's going to get multiple podiums the rest of the year. Now, one person who um, I always like to watch is Calvin Vlanderen. When is that guy going to go on a 450? He just looks too big for a 250. I mean, whoever's looking at him for next year, for if he is going to go out next year on a, on a 450, he's got to be one of the hottest prospects out there, hasn't he? Well, I can answer that for you. You say, when is he going to go on a 450? Next year. It's next year. He's he aged out, out and yeah. he's, he's going. Okay. But I don't, I don't feel, I feel like I still feel like he's got a lot to achieve in MX2 anyway. No, I agree. It's just like, uh, I just, I feel a bit like the same way that, you know, last year, Ben Watson would go fourth overall, fourth overall, fourth overall, fourth overall. Calvin has gone fourth overall, fourth overall, fourth overall. Yeah. So the same way as I felt for Ben last year, I'm starting to be a bit like, yeah, gutted that he keeps missing the podium even though he's had loads before and whatever it's just like what's the guy got to do to get up there Yeah, and he missed it on a tie break this week so yeah that was close but you know going back to I, I think that the size of him does lend himself to a 450 I think that's a problem with a lot of MX2 guys at the moment you'll I mean, see Ol- Olsen's huge as well 
you're seeing such a, a big separation on the start. And it's, I think it mainly comes down to the fact that Prado and Vial, compare riders like that to, okay, compare Vial, Prado, Gertz, body sizes, yep. compared to Vlanderin, uh, Olsen, Watson, Sterry. Like, you don't see those latter three up front on the start. No, Jeb, Jeb Beaton as well. Yeah, and I think that's where it, what comes from that. Yeah. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, it just, it, it's going to be interesting next year with these riders going up and who's going to, um, you know, who's, who's going to take... He is my number one pick of all the MX2 graduates. Do you think? Just purely because of his size. Yeah. Because, like, Jacoby's going up, but then look at, if you look at his size, you're like, eh. Yeah. Watson's going to be good. He's going to be going up. He's going up at the end of next year. Oh, he's staying another year in MX2? Yeah. He's got another year of eligibility. Oh, okay. I know there was talk of him going up a year early. Like, not proper talk, just, like, general... A conversation. No, not even that. Just random rumours of, like, maybe he'd do that. Oh, okay. But I don't think it's happening. Either way, he's got another year of eligibility. Right. So. Okay. So, um, let's, let's look a little bit. So, Jacoby again. Um, and Watson. We've got the same, same people... There and thereabouts. Jacoby could have quite easily had three podiums this year. He tied in Argentina and missed out, got up there at Matterley, and then missed out here by one point. So he could have very, very, very easily had three overall podiums to start the year, which is unbelievable to think, considering he had one last year and was very hot and cold. Yeah. Like Mark Deruva has worked. Mark Deruva has done great things as a trainer. Whatever he's done with Jacoby may be the best, his like best work yet. Yeah. Like, unbelievable. Yeah, and in from, all conditions as well. So, yeah, from where he was last year to to, to the results he's putting in this year is, yeah, it's 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 really really cool. But I have got to mention this: Albi Ferrato, what the hell? From going from a one-one in EMX two fifty last week at Matterley Basin to this week, literally putting in the performance, and it wasn't just the performances; it was all day. He looked well all weekend. He looked fast. And let's face it, his size doesn't lend himself. I mean, it defeats, it throws everything into doubt. I mean, he is a big guy on a 250. I think everybody knows that. So, so how is he able to, to produce that speed? And, and, well, you know, for it's his not day... speed, it's an issue. When you talk about how big these guys are compared to Prado and Vial, it's not that they're not fast, it just comes down to the starts. And did he get the starts? No. No. He, he didn't get the starts, but still he put in a seventh overall. Yeah. But then these riders are put the other big guys in the class, like Blander and that, they're putting in good results, great results. So it's not, that's not the, like, you're looking at it as a lump thing. It's just starts. What it's just call, a start conversation. What did you call him? I actually called a situation. Oh. A uh, funny, funny, that's such a funny guy. You. What? Just, a, you can't make fun of people. Oh, see, you actually are really single-handedly just knocking me down every single week, aren't you? No. Creating issues for me. I think this this guy's got a big future. Nah. Oh, come on. No, purely because up until this year, he wasn't that impressive in EMX 250. So I don't know what's happened. I don't know what's happened, but I'm, I'm a fan. I am an Albi Ferrato fan. I know he won a moto in EMX 250 in 2017 at Erne. That was his first EMX 250 win. Moto win. I think he went like 10-1 for third overall that day. But um, yeah, it was a bit of a slow burner, his EMX 250 career while he was with uh, was it Asimoto. Asimoto, yeah. So I'm not sure what's changed. I don't know if it's circumstance or whatever, but this isn't expected. This isn't what 
based on what he showed us in the past, this isn't really where he should be fitted in. So I'm not sure if this continues or what, but this is this need, is a head scratcher. You need to find out more. That's your job. I've interviewed him a few times in my life. Yeah, but this is your job as a journalist. Yes. You need to find out why he's gone from where he was to, to where he is now, because that's impressive. I mean, the last time I interviewed him, he barely spoke English, so... Well, learn some Italian. What's okay, wrong with you? Fair enough. Jeez. It's not all about you. Anyway. Um, Sterry. He's a start. Add some luck. Did he crash? No. So maybe luck doesn't come into... Actually, I don't know if he did. I feel like he just had a... Like, bad starts, moved up a little bit, and then just had, like, solid kind of time. Okay. But, yeah, I think he expected more. Especially in Falcons. Well, I, think, he's, I think more he's, is coming. He's gone well. Yeah. Previously. But based on, his, based on how he's uh, performed this year, he can go well anywhere. So, so would I you think s- more is coming. Would you say Tom Vial's performance this weekend was disappointing? No, no, no. No. No? No. Why would you say that? Well, because he's been in the top three or four. Yes. For the first two GPs. Yes. And now he's not. Okay. He was in the top three or four before he crashed in the second moto. In the second moto? Yes. He was running fourth. Okay. So had he not crashed, he would have stayed there. But it still would have finished seventh overall. What, have you just quickly done the maths? Yeah. And? That's fine. Okay. Are you forgetting, like, you're one of, the, you're one of these people again. You're but, getting caught up in a situation. I'm not getting caught up. It's just that he's had a very KTM, good start to the season. KTM, at the start of the season, just wanted to get him in the top 10. So even here, he finished 10th overall at his first Sand GP with a crash. That is fine. But he's still met the goals of KTM, even with all of his stuff going on. He also didn't get his normal hole shots. So this is fine. This okay. is just okay. fine. You like, get, get back down off your box. There is nothing wrong with this at all. Okay. Nothing wrong with it. That, okay. was a, that was arguably more impressive. He was more impressive at Volkenswagen than he was in Argentina. Okay. So does this make Maxime Renault's um, performance this weekend more impressive? Why? Because he finished on the same points in night. And he was looking good out there. Yeah. Did, did we expect that from Maxime Renault this year? Maxime Renault's been kind of on the bubble for a while now. Okay. Well, actually, for a long time, he's always been fast. Yeah. Yeah, he just had quite a few injuries in his career and whatever. But no, we've seen this. This is where he belongs. And he's having a very good season. Yeah. But again, I feel like people have been waiting for this to happen because they've known it's coming for quite a while. Okay. Um, and let's talk about the, these group of riders. Basson, Beaton, and Puches. Puches was looking really good at points within the weekend. Um, but it didn't quite come together in the races. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> no, no, no. You just nodded your head like, "Why does this guy keep telling me I'm wrong?" What? Do you, so he, it came together in the races. He finished what fifth in Moto One, and he was no sixth. Sorry, and he was running fifth or sixth in Moto Two, and his bike broke. That's not on him. Okay, okay. That came together in the races. Yeah, it just the results didn't. Same, didn't. Just the bike didn't. Okay, the bike came apart. Oh. No, I don't know what happened, but it was a mechanical problem that basically stopped him from scoring points. He would have been fifth, sixth, fourth overall had that not happened. Which would have been great. Yeah, this is... I remember I interviewed him last year and I was like, I feel like we haven't seen you healthy in such a long time that people forget what you can do when you're healthy. And this is it. He's building each week. And I think running up front over the weekend, he did get a bit tired. But that's to be expected because he's going to build up and build up and build up. And But, but he's a potential world champion in that class. Don't you yeah. think? Really? I wouldn't put him at the top of the list. 
But if he can get back to he's where... He's never finished on a podium. If he can get back to where he was, as in performance-wise when he was on Red Bull KTM... He can be a podium contender this year. He can finish, he'll finish on a podium at some point this year. Calling him a world champion or a potential world champion is a long way off from there, but I see okay. where you're coming from. Yeah. This is, he is now trended in a positive direction, which he hasn't done in a long time because okay. of injuries. Okay. This is also great for the Diga team because uh, obviously they haven't, been even, have, they haven't even been in MX2 for a year yet. And they've already got a podium guy. So yeah. that's also positive things. And they clearly give him the material he needs to do what he needs to do. So, okay. Which, yeah. And uh, Vassen? Vassen. I thought we had it. I thought we had the speed that I've been, what, like, that I believe is there. And it was there, actually. A bad start in the first race, which kind of screwed him. And then, um, was it an eighth? Second race was an eighth, yeah, which is just fine. So, I still believe that there's more to come. Just needs to kind of get a bit of consistency in his weekends and he'll be fine. Okay. And um, Jed Beaton. Yeah. What do we know about Jed? He's still recovering from injury. Well, he only got back on a bike like 10 days before Volkswagen. So keep that in mind. Uh, he improved a lot from Saturday to Sunday. Again, positive. And I think he would have been... It, basically, it's just fine. There's nothing wrong there. Just fine. Like, right where he needs to be. It's not, he's not behind the curve of where he should be expected at this point in his recovery. And he's not really ahead of it. Just, well, actually, I'd, no, I'd argue he is ahead of it. But still, nothing to shout about. Nothing to complain about. He's just kind of riding the wave of getting back into the swing of things. Okay. And um, one rider who uh, was, we were obviously interested to find out how he would um, deal with uh, the conditions of Alconsford was Mitchell Evans, uh, obviously being at his first San GP. And what a weekend he had. I'll run it down for you. Please. Uh, he crashed in the first time of a qualifying race, okay. uh, burnt himself, and needed two stitches in his elbow. So, great start to the weekend. Yep. Uh, first race, he had a freak bike issue, which caused him to pull into pit lane. But then, impre- this impresses me when riders do this. So he was in pit lane for like two laps, could have gone back to the pits, but he actually went back out with no chance of scoring points and just did laps. So That's cool. Yeah, that's like, just shows you a little saying, I think. Yeah, definitely. So get no points there. Uh, rough, again. Yeah. And then uh, second motor, he went from 17th to 10th. Wow. So that's positive. That's positive. But just from watching him, like using the eye test, not looking at results, times, anything, just watching him, I was impressed with how he looked in the sand. That's good. I do genuinely believe that he's uh, the full package and will be a full factory rider next year. Don't know anything, just I have a feeling that he's going to be on a lot of teams' radars. You think that you're just not, you know, there's more people than yourself looking at him thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's already proven something or enough to garner interest. So, yeah. But uh, you skipped. Pooches was 13th overall. Uh, Evans was 15th overall. And in between those was Brent Van Donick. Yeah. Who is riding with a torn ACL. A torn ACL? Yeah. Wow. When did he do that? Uh, Matterley. So he, missed, he didn't ride at Matterley because he injured his knee. Yeah. And then tried to ride this week and it was okay. So he decided to race at uh, Vulcansward. But he's now revealed, obviously he kept this to himself, but when he injured his knee, it was actually a torn ACL. So that's a huge injury. So yeah. Yeah, but some riders, it depends on like a lot of different factors, doesn't it? Some riders can ride through it. Some, yeah, like, I, Adams, like recently, uh, Adam Cincerello raced for a year without with a torn ACL. James Stewart raced with a torn, torn ACL in 2013. 
Uh, and then obviously on the other end of the spectrum, Darian Sanai injured his uh, tore his ACL in April last year and tried to race and couldn't. So yeah. it just depends. Some yeah, circumstance. Um, from from the injury, the, one of the issues is when it tries to 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 mend itself, so, and then you you tear it again. So every time it it tries to mend itself because it can't quite actually mend itself. The injury because it's a bit like sort of you know horse hairs joining itself together. So the issue what you've got is uh you know every time that that sort of slowly repairs itself, it, it can, but it, it tries to, and then it rips again. And it's just how many times you can you can tolerate that. Christ. Okay, Doctor. Yeah, there we go. Not just a pretty face. That was, I must have missed uh, the part of your life where you went to medical school. Ah, there we go. So, just... Um, what's happened to Usland? Oh, I know what happened to Usland, but my mind's gone blank. It's, uh, he made more passes than anyone else over the weekend, so... Yeah, and we know he's He was good. never in a position to succeed. And we know that's his favourite track. Falcons fired is his favorite track. That's his favorite How track. How did you find that out? Hey, people talk to me as well as they talk to you. Mm. Okay. So just if you're listening, Alvin, and this isn't your favorite track, please uh, message me because yeah. I'd get a lot of joy out of that. Yeah. Well, I do know it's his favorite track, and I, I do know that, you know, I'm Matterly, sure he did. On the other hand, was his least favorite track. So yeah, there we go. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know whether it's him struggling or it's a you know bike setup or, or whatever. But um, again, he showed real good promise in Argentina and came out swinging. And then I don't know, something doesn't seem to be right. Yeah, I kind of, I don't know. I do rate him better than this. I do expect more. Yeah, but then at the same time, I'm not like wondering what the hell's going on. I don't know where I'm at. Like, I think he can be a lot better, but then I'm not surprised that he isn't. For some reason, I don't know. And do we have a progress update on Darian? I don't think there is any progress. It's just a case of just still grinding we... through it. Okay. But again, I thought he looked strong in the fact that he held his ground. He didn't just drop like a bag of hammers, if that's a saying. I, I, I don't know. Drop. I don't like to get involved oh. in, in your sayings. He didn't drop like a bag of hammers. Uh, he just kind of held his position, rode along. And <laughs> did his did his thing, which is all he can do at the moment because uh yeah, in his condition he can't really get caught up in the moment and try and like uh push over his limits. Okay. Um do you see um Darian kind of sticking to this plan or do you see him just to get through Trentino and taking a month off? Yeah, get through Trentino and then take massive advantage of that month off. And then hopefully come like back to Mantua. So many riders will. Yeah, feeling a little bit more healthy. Yeah, I'd imagine he won't be 100% by Mantua because obviously that's still quite a tight time frame in his condition. Yeah. But you'd hope, and I think he hopes, that he'll at least be able to get his body back to 100%, even if, or close to that, even if his riding and his setup and everything like that isn't there quite yet. Do you think, because um, he's only scored 20 World Championship points so far in the three GPs. So. Do you, I know it's like hindsight's a wonderful thing, but do you think maybe it would have just been better just to take the first three GPs off and just try and recover that? Or do you think it's about... I mean, I don't know much about the Epstein-Barr virus. I know that's pretty horrific. You don't know as much as you knew about the torn ACL? No, no. Oh, didn't no. cover that at doctor's school? No, I've done no. two ACLs, oh, hence okay. the reason why I know quite a bit about it. But it's not about me, this podcast. Okay. But um, going back to, to Darian, do you, uh, do, you, do you, what do you think? Do you think uh, maybe he just took the time off and got himself right and then come back? Yeah. 
okay, yeah, I'm sure he looks back now and goes, well, if it's a case of 20 points. I'm sure he was hoping for a minor miracle and it would be able to... Well, I think he said at Matterly, if he could get into the top 10 twice, then that is, um, that is what he would consider like solid at this point. Okay. And I think that he could have done that on a few occasions. Like, as well as the Epstein bar, he's had a few mistakes and like, like just tip-overs that have cost him. Yeah. So I don't necessarily think that... I, I think it's, he's doing the right thing by sticking through it. Okay. Is there anybody else you want to talk about so far in MX2, or have we covered everything? Uh, yeah, three riders. Okay. Uh, four riders. Talk us through. Okay. Uh, 24th overall, Cade Tinkler Walker. Okay, he's from Canada, isn't he? Oh, I was, gonna, I was just about to say to you, tell me one thing about him. Uh, yeah, from what I know, he has spent quite a bit of time in Europe doing all the whole like ADAC Supercross and European Supercross, and this is the first time he's gone into uh, GPs and tried that. Okay. I don't think he really has the support of anyone, or he's basically a privateer, but um, he didn't score any points, which no. looks bad. But in practice and those sort of things, he looked really good. Okay. Uh, looked really good versus ex- expectations. Yeah. But I think he had like the 15th, 16th fastest time, which I think it's not bad. deserves props. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know what his plan is moving forward or if he's going to do more, but yeah. Just interesting to see a Canadian name pop up. We don't get those too often in MXGP. No, that's the whole reason why I kind of knew about the name because I've seen CN and thought, wow, okay, cool. Uh, 28th overall, Morgan Lesiardo. It's not going well. Not going great. Don't really know what's going on there, but it's not going well. Yeah. Is pretty that a privateer cool. effort or is he on a team? Uh, privateer. Okay. But pretty crazy to think that he was EMX 250 champion two years ago. Yeah. As well as everyone thinks that winning EMX 250 is a meal ticket to great things, but it can clearly go either way. Um, 34th overall Zachary Pichon uh, as I said in a previous podcast he had back issues in the off season yeah which really hurt his progress and they seem to have resurfaced so he didn't finish either moto even though he like Matterly his speed was quite impressive like he was on the cusp of the top 10 and actually looked quite good especially compared to last year yeah but he was in too much pain with his back so uh, pulled out both times okay so I think the team are just going to evaluate situation get some x-rays done and then make a plan for the coming weeks so we might see him in trentino we might not see him in trentino yeah. and then 35th overall uh comrade muse damn yeah <laughs> did not go well no no but it was not a great weekend for and it sucks because it was just out of his control so basically when he crashed in the first race michael sadner uh tipped over in the corner and then comrade basically hit his ran into his bike because he was either right behind him or close enough and then I think for handlebars, like hit his leg or something? No, it was a groin. Oh, okay. Yeah. And if you get handlebars in the groin, that's pretty painful. Yeah, so that was that. And then uh, I, don't know if he, I don't know if that was the reason why he pulled out of the second race, but he already had a yeah, I think start. I think it was the, the possibly maybe. I don't want to speak for him or whatever, but I think it might have been through the, through the pain. But uh, yeah, it's a shame because he actually had quite a solid start to the season going. And now he's had three uh, non-point scoring rides in a row. Yeah. Which makes a huge difference. Especially when you consider that's 50% of the motos now he hasn't scored points in. But we but, fully expect him to come back in Trentino swinging. Yeah, and we can't get this confused with his consistency issues of previous years. This is kind of stuff that's been out of his hands. Yeah. So, like, as much as people who just look at the results will probably judge him, yeah. you can't do that because he can't really do much. About, hey, after uh, talking, you know, talking to Comrade last week on last week's show, um, I'm fully, you know, fully behind the, the Comrade Muse um, train. Definitely still on board, and I think he, he, he will do very well this year. Without doubt. But yeah, that's all I've got to say about MX2. Cool. Excellent. Well, let's leave it there.
Oh, okay. BMX Vice Show. For everything in the world of motocross, head to mxvice.com, at Motocross Vice on Twitter, and search MX Vice on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. All content is now available in Spanish and Italian. BMX Vice Show. You are the sun. You are the only one. My heart is blue. My heart is blue for you. to be back Lewis well we didn't go anywhere but I guess it is good to be back yeah I should point out that at this point uh we are going to do a competition oh yeah I forgot about that yeah I'll let uh, you run with that then. so uh we have a competition this week uh Comrade Muse was in last week we had five prints done from uh Andrew Conway photographs from uh Matt, was it Matty Basin or no Argentina Argentina and um what we've got is Comrade to sign the prints so we're going to give one print away as a competition. And you need to keep your eyes on our website and Facebook page this week because we're going to reveal details um, that you're going to need to follow. Um, and then we're going to pick one winner. Um, yeah, we're going to literally just pick one winner and you're going to win a print. So it's that simple. Um, and these are big prints. These aren't just shitty little photos. These are... Oh, this, these are very cool. Yeah. Yeah, they cost a, cost, a, cost a few quid. We have another competition this week for a set of 20 MX sprockets from 24MX. But what you will need to do is retweet the MX Vice podcast show when we release it. So all you have to do to enter, and we're going to pick one winner. So there's going to be one on Facebook page, and there's one competition now, which is 20, a set of 20 MX sprockets for your bike. All you need to do is retweet the MX Vice uh, podcast show. And that's it. Easy. So, Lewis, do we have questions? Oh, for Ask Vice Anything? Yeah. Should we do like a little intro? Like a yes, we do. So that's a countdown song. It's not even their intro. I don't know. I just made it up. It's just... No, you did not make that up. I did. It's mine. Okay. Wow. Um, yes, we do have questions. Brilliant. Should we continue? Should we crack on? Let's do it. Okay. Question number one. Uh, let's go with 
at Dan Evans 525 on Twitter. Hi, Dan. Asked, read some tweets on here yesterday with people saying Prado wasn't actually injured and it was fixed to make a championship more interesting. Surely people can't be thinking that. What are your thoughts on his injury? Obviously, it didn't bother him on the weekend. <laughs> that's, that's kind of funny, though, isn't it? So, uh, Jorge, do you think you could uh, just step out this weekend because we want to make it a bit more interesting? Yeah, I don't think that's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, that is, that is a negative. Yeah, that's not going to happen, yeah, is it? No, that, well, no, that's not even worth that question. No. Y- your question. Yeah, it's a uh, negative. Sweep that one under the carpet. Yeah. Uh, I'm not surprised that he came back and won. Obviously, I predicted it last week. So Yeah. But uh, like I said, when I interviewed him, there were a lot of rumours last week at Matterley. People told me it was both of his shoulders. People told me that it was a much more serious shoulder injury. People told me it was his knee and the shoulder was a cover-up. And uh, I actually asked him that this week when I interviewed him. I told him about all the rumours I'd heard. And I don't know if you can hear, but as I was saying it, he just kept going, Mamma Mia. So, <laughs> <laughs> so obviously he was shocked to learn all of this. And uh, yeah, just a hematoma. Not 100% yet. Probably not going to ride this week. But clearly it's not that big a deal. And I still believe he'll be your MX2 champion. Cool. So okay. Next question. Hopefully that helps you, Dan. Uh, Paulie P from AZ asks... What a name. Is that AZ from Arizona? I guess so. Cool. Uh, I know... Oh, I know you folks have already touched on it early in the show. Amazing that he knows that, considering we're not live, but... Okay. Uh, do you, but do you want to change your opinion on AJ at this point, Lewis? I will change my opinion to the point where, okay, I think he's going to get on the podium this year. Originally, I said he wouldn't. Yeah. I think he will get on the podium this year. I stand by my point, however, but I still think people expect too much from him at this point in his career. Including yourself? So even... Wait. So now you're saying I expect too much from him? Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying like people expect too much from him. Do you, do you expect too much from him? No, because you have always you were just saying earlier that I expect too little from him. Okay. Make your mind up. Well, I'm just asking you the questions. So, okay, I said I didn't think he'd podium this year, and I felt like that would disappoint people because they expect so much. Mm. I'd like to change my opinion. Yes, I do think he'll podium this year. However, I still think that people have such high expectations that they're looking for him to win GPs and stuff. And he himself has admitted that it's too early for that. He needs to grow and learn. And he's doing that with the support of Ice One Husqvarna, mm. one of the most professional teams in the MXGP paddock. Team, team Iceland. Team AJ. Team Finland. Team Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> and st- I'm so unwell. Oh, I, 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 yeah, I think I've, I'm definitely not right, 100%. I just can't think properly. Right. So, um, uh, so, so, just one thing I want to clear up. Right. So, if you were that so on the fence in, in okay with AJ, why was his exact words? Lewis keeps shit talking me. That's a funny thing that you say. Mm. Okay. Next question. We had a right laugh. I interviewed him after the race. Next question. Uh, at guys a fan club on Instagram asks: Is it possible that some pilots? Given the absence of hurling, <laughs> given the absence of hurlings, are more motivated to do their best. Why are you laughing? Because pilots. I know it's a, I know it's actually what you can call them, but it's just funny to think of them as pilots instead of riders. Yes. Okay. Um, yes, completely. I yeah. think everyone recognizes that the window is open, and not even for people who want to win races. But once hurlings comes back, that's one more spot on the podium gone. So these people who are finishing third overall, that was if hurlings was there, they're suddenly dropped to fourth overall. Okay. So there's spots, there's 
possibilities all down the order because Hurlins isn't there. And there's absolutely 100% chance for everyone recognises that. Does that mean they're more motivated? I don't think in a sense of them trying harder, I just think they recognise the fact that a door is open. Maybe take more chances. Mm, maybe. Maybe. Okay. Right, next one. Uh, Garrett Raymond 292 on Instagram asked how much preparation goes into the track on race weekends. Now, typically, MXGP is known as having zero prep. And that was actually the case at Matterley because when was it? Uh, just as an example, between the first and second motos at Matterley, everyone thought they would do work on a track. And then a lot of riders were shocked when they realized that they didn't. So that's one example. Uh, on the other hand, Riders commented that they were surprised how much they flattened the track at Vulcanswad between races, like Tim Geyser when he mentioned his crash. So it's kind of all down to the circumstance, the venue, the promoters, and all of that. But typically, very little track prep is done on a race weekend, and it's just left alone and left to get as rough and rutted as physically possible. One thing I was going to ask you on the, the Tim Geyser kind of being caught unaware and hitting that jump fast after it had been kind of regraded was... All riders do a, a sight lap. So surely Tim would have seen this on the sight lap. Yeah, but seeing it, it's not like he was caught. He didn't crash on lap one. It's not like he was caught off guard by the fact that it was flat. It was just, a, it's like deceiving, isn't it? It made it softer because it wasn't trod down to like for base. Mm -hmm. So obviously you hit it and it's just a soft patch of flat dirt and you obviously can't tell just how. But did he do that in lap one then? No, it wasn't that one. That's what I mean. It just, he hit, he said, he hit it too fast. Okay. I'm just... I don't know what more information you want. No, it's fine. I'm just thinking. Okay. Um, at Weekend Warrior Blog on Twitter asked, loving the podcast, guys. What a great guy. He's automatically my favorite person. I like him. Is there any truth in Suzuki looking to return to the paddock in 2020? Also... What are your thoughts on track prep so far? Three GPs in and a, the track has been a talking point for riders at each one. Riders picking holes or organizers coming up a bit short. Ooh. Wow. Weekend Warrior blog is like hot on the hot topics today. Yeah. Uh, so uh, do you want to answer the Suzuki one? Or? I have heard very, 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 very strong rumors that Suzuki will be back next year. Yeah. Rumors. Yeah. I'm not. I haven't heard this is 100%. haven't heard it from anyone that I'd completely 100% believe in. But the, the rumor in the paddock amongst multiple people is that Suzuki will be back. But we also have heard a rumor as well about what team they will possibly be back in. Go on. Well, if you want. Well, I don't know whether I should or shouldn't say I don't this. think you should. Okay. Just we know we've heard they're coming back. Yeah. Okay. And even if they don't come back next year, we'd always heard they're coming back eventually. Yeah. It was never a permanent thing they're leaving MXGP. No. I was originally told last year that they'd be back in 2021. So maybe these people, these rumors are coming up a year early. But it seems that they will be back in the not-so-distant future either way. Well, which is good for the sport. Yeah, completely. Because Especially not, with so many riders moving around and yeah, needing contracts. It's not good to have someone like Suzuki not in the GPs. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and and let's talk prep. about track prep. Uh, well, we kind of just did that, didn't we? Yeah. I mean, I've, to be honest, I've, I don't know if I've noticed it, but I have heard a lot of um, riders who are a little bit disappointed. Disappointed? Yeah, I think that... I disappointed is a word. I think, I, what, what would you describe it as then? Interested. 
what the riders are interested in the track prep. They're interested in the I think way that some tracks have been prepped, like they're intrigued. Intrigued. I don't. Well, that doesn't sound like being intrigued when they're moaning about. No one's moaned. Really? Not to me. Okay. Maybe you don't know as well as I do. just keep saying that they're surprised and whatever. Okay. But uh, well, there was a couple of comments which basically said that, that the track was shit on Saturday. Yeah. But I feel like that's often the case that people don't like a track on Saturday because no, there's it's part a lot of a greater plan to no, make it good for Sunday. No, there's, there's a lot of people basically saying that Valkensward was just too hard. It was just not... Hard. Oh, yeah, that was the common thing. It was a different Valkensward. Yeah. But it was much better on Sunday than it was on Saturday. And the riders also said Matterley was much better on Sunday than it was on Saturday. So I think that's just a common theme. Okay. Rick Hood-Moed on Twitter asked, what happened to Dylan Walsh this weekend? He was riding practice and warm-up, but I didn't see him in the races. Okay. I actually know about this one. Do you want to take it? No, you can take it. Well, are you going to do anything on this podcast? Are you just going to sit there and throw everything and just constantly say to me, do we expect, and what's the other one you asked me? I heard You that. either asked me, do, you, do we expect is your question, or there's another one where you say, did we see this coming? Do you know, I'm actually going to put in a bullion statement <laughs> into our employers because you have been an absolute, I, I nearly said it. <laughs> we're yes. having fun, aren't we? No, we're not, no you're having fun. I'm not it's having It's like fun. When, when the mic is off, you just bully me nonstop, and it's like that the mic gives total, me confidence. That is total bollocks. The mic gives me confidence to fight back. No, you, you fight back all the time. It's all the time. Now. I didn't used to. No. You used to just bully me freely while I just sat crying as but a 17-year-old trying you, to keep his job. You didn't used to interview riders. I was 15, so give me a bit of a break. Probably about 19. No. I was doing podcasts at 19. Were you? Yeah. At what age did you ask um, Roger DeCosta then? Uh, that was 2013, so I would have been... 18. Uh, I stand corrected. I was a year out. 18, you started interviewing people. That wasn't my first interview ever. I think it was. No. What, you think my first interview ever was Roger DeCosta? What yeah. a way to come out. Yeah. Anyway, that escalated quickly. Yeah. Let's talk about coming out. I knew you'd bloody try and make a joke out of that. Okay. Um, so where are we? What happened to Dylan Walsh this weekend? Oh, yeah. Uh, basically, somebody tried to, to get a lift um, from him around the track. Translation? He got landed on slash jumped into. Yeah. Just helping him out. And he was pretty beaten up. I spoke to um, Mike Yates, the Revo owner, and he said that um, uh, that for precautionary measures and, you know, it's best to keep Dylan off the bike because uh, they have the, the British... <laughs> I, what the hell was that noise? I just coughed quite explosively. Did Never it, mind, continue. You continue. Was that explosive in your pants as well while you, you held continue. it in? Okay. Yeah, so uh, as a precautionary measure, they kept him off the bike, and I'm not sure about Trentino. But no, he, he is riding Trentino. He is riding Trentino. He's just not riding this week. Okay. He'll be back in Trentino, but he's not going to train or anything this week. Yeah. Well, but, as far as I've heard, anyway. Yeah, but obviously they've got to focus on the British Championship. Yeah, that is a big one. Yeah. Uh, Who was it who landed on him? I think it was Jacoby. But I don't, I don't think he necessarily landed on him. I think he more landed into him. Oh, okay. So. Uh, oh, that was right, because he... He didn't go as far as he could on the jump. He basically like got a bit sideways, I think. Yeah. Okay. On a takeoff or something. Anyway. Uh, Stuart Cause asks, do you think the start straight and Vul- do you think the start straight at Vulcan Squad needs slowing down? 
the majority of tracks on the MXGP calendar have either a 180 turn or a 90. I, it is fast, and I think it's sketchy, but then I was shocked. For, I don't think there was a single crash in the first turn. Only on qualifying. In, yeah, in the motos on Sunday, I don't think there was one. Yeah. So, yeah, it's fast, but it's not exactly ending seasons. Now, I know like Tommy got injured there last year. Mitch Evans burnt himself and uh, had to get stitches this year. So it's not like... Um, and I think Watson and uh, Geyser were in a pond, weren't you? Yeah, but that was, it was a different uh, configuration then. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'm just saying that. Actually, no, but it wasn't as fast at you. No. It was more of a 90-degree turn. Yeah, but this wasn't a 90-degree turn this year. It was literally coming no, was in and chicane. chicane, yeah. Which actually I thought was quite good. Well, that's the same as last year. Okay. But yeah. the, the decision to add waves at the end of the first turn confused me but then it did slow it down so yeah. maybe it was maybe it was the right decision maybe that was what helped everyone get through cleanly okay have a question from Sparrow MX on Twitter three GPs in and a lot of new faces have blown hot and cold Walsh Evans etc who's more likely to make an impact moving through the year ooh good question great question and you can take it first okay um, I'd be interested to find out if Albi Ferrato was going to be doing more MX2. Well, he's obviously got an MX250 title to win, so it doesn't really open him up to too many. No, but I still believe that, that his showing in MX2, it'd be interesting to see how he progresses. Um, I don't know. I think, I think Mitchell Evans is, is just going to keep getting better. I think both Evans and Walsh are going to be amazing. Yeah. I think... I'd- Genuinely believe it. I think both of them are going to be right in the top five, mixing it up consistently by the end of the year. Yeah. I think both of them have a ton of potential. Yeah. Like, nah, I, I believe, I'm a strong believer in both of them. Yeah. So, big things, big things. Yeah. Um, anyone else? Uh, we also have a question, another question from at Paulie P from AZ. Where is Tommy? What is happening? I have faith, but damn it, what is happening? Well, we kind of answered that. Well, you answered that earlier on in the show with, um, it's just one of those days. I think that's the best, best description for yeah, it. It's just, it's just it bad a bad day. Of a fair bit of bad luck. Things happening. Some out of his control, some in his control. He uh, fully took, um, took it on the chin after Vulcan's Wild, but he needs to take the blame for some of the mistakes or whatever over the weekend. But uh, yeah. Cool. I think it's coming. The speed's good. The starts are good. So yeah, why wouldn't it work out eventually? Yeah, no, we're not, no, no, hands nowhere near the panic button yet. Oh, no, no, far. No. No, not at all. It's fine. It's yeah. completely fine. It's all There's nothing good. wrong at all. It's I don't all think. good. Yeah. Um, I think we're done. That's it. Cool. Okay. I did have another question here, but I've accidentally copied and pasted the same one twice. So that question's just going to have to wait. That's great. Yeah. I, I bet that person's on, really pleased to making the effort of sending that I can that find in. it on Facebook now if you want. Nah, it's, you're okay. Oh, I've got it. Okay. I've got it. It's right here. Oh, this is actually a big one that we need to answer. Okay. This really seems like one that we should have, I should have made sure that I copy and pasted correctly. Uh, at Stuart Cause, again, yeah. asked, regarding the news about Husqvarna and Jackie Martins, I'm assuming Olsen and Beaton will be staying in the factory MX2 team. Do you see Martin staying in MX2 or creating a team in MXGP? And if so, would he stay with Husqvarna as a manufacturer? Okay, so um, I could probably answer this one. Uh, from what I heard the weekend that Jackie Martins will possibly um, be setting up another team. I then also heard that Jackie Martins is kind of thinking about his future and he's not too sure yet, which I'm sure is probably just 
you know, is when these things happen suddenly, it's hard to, uh, you know, your emotions are running everywhere. So I'm sure he's trying to um, think about what he can do, but at the same time, he's he's probably, you know, kind of, you know, at that point where he's just like, oh, really? Should, should I really bother with this? But the things which I've heard is that he will possibly be starting a new team. It will be MX2 and MXGP. And uh, I've heard crazy rumors with, um, you know, could possibly be a manufacturer coming back into the sport and, and him running under that. So I tried so hard to be discreet with that. Oh, it's Aprilia. TM. Could be ah, really ah, smart ass. Ah, interesting. Okay, thank you. Interesting. Thank you. Interesting. Yeah. Good one. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, Olsen and Beaton are both still under contract. I believe they'll be contracting to, contracted to Husqvarna Direct rather than Jack and Martins. Team. Yeah. Well, actually, no. Either way, they're staying there. They're staying with Husqvarna MX2. Yeah. That's, that's not even up for cool. debate. But I we hope believe. to see Jackie Martin, you know, carrying on. Oh, yeah. And if he starts another team, then, okay, the situation isn't ideal for anyone. But if we get extra spots for riders to fill, uh, yeah, to fill, then that's a positive for all involved. Yeah. Have you heard any teams... Looking to to go out of this, go out of MXGP or MX2 next year, with his little smirk on his face because he knows he's set me right up. Yes, I believe that two spots will be disappearing at the end of the year. Two rides will be disappearing at the end of the year. Okay, cool. One team, two bikes. Right. Okay. Anyway, that's the end of Ask If Ice Anything. Brilliant. Thanks for that. Yeah, MX For everything in the world of motocross, head to mxvice.com at Motocross Vice on Twitter and search MX Vice on Instagram, YouTube and Facebook. All content is now available in Spanish and Italian. BMX Vice Show. So Lewis, looking at Trentino, let's do predictions. So abrupt back from an advert. No, hello, we're back. Hello everyone, hope you had a nice advert break. Just straight in there. Yep. All business, no all, heart. All business, no heart. Well, to be honest, it's just how I feel after you've treated me today on this podcast. <laughs> you, oh, you've, oh. First, I thought we were just, you know, first you colleagues. Were, first, you were afraid. Then, how do you know that record? <laughs> I'm full of surprises, me. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so first we were colleagues. Then I thought we were friends. And then you've done this to me. But anyway, predictions. MX2, go. What, for Trentino? Trentino. Prado 1 1. Um, oh, Jesus. This is a tricky one, isn't it? Okay, Prado 1 1. <laughs> Jacoby 2 4. Olsen. No, no, no. Prado 1 1. Jacoby 2 4. Vlanderin 3 5. Okay. I'm not going to do positions, but I'm going to go Prado. Um, just after what I seen the weekend was ridiculous. Then I'm going to go Gertz, second overall, just so you know. Then I'm going to stamp that with Ben Watson in third. So many Yamaha, so much Yamaha love yeah, coming from me. I know. I just feel that uh, the track lends itself nicely to um, both riders. And from what I've seen over the past few years, um, they've gone very well. So that's where I am. MXGP? Um, <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I just got an email that I'm quite excited about. So oh, okay. I'm, I'm 
Oh, if you just got, if you just accepted the job for Resurrect. Oh, you let it go. You're ruining my life. <laughs> Jesus, you're literally ruining my life. Okay, all right. That's okay. Sorry. Um, what did you uh, ask me? MXGP predictions. Crowley yeah. one one. Guys are two two. Paul in three three. No, Paul in f- no. Paul in four three to sell three four for fourth overall. Wow, we're going, no, it was top three, but now you've gone to four. Okay. Um, yeah, Crowley, Geyser, and I think it's going to continue, GVH. Wow. I didn't, yeah. He didn't even enter my mind. Yeah, I think it's going to continue. He's looking good. I have questioned. Like I say, Trentino is the last question that I have. Okay. So if he gets the podium in Trentino, then we're on for the year. Yep. Okay. Good to know. I do like it. Like I said earlier, I like how solid he looks on a Honda. No mistakes at all. No. I mean, there's got to be interesting. Oh, here he goes again. Can't even get to the end of the podcast show without you passing out or coughing. I'll be better next week. I'm on my way back to 100%. But it does sound like our colleague Sean is, is down and out. No, not yet. Not yet? Okay. Just feels like it could be coming. So I've managed to contaminate the whole of the MX Vice team? Your colleague, Sean. Yeah. My mate, Sean. Uh, I don't really think he calls you his mate. Uh, anyway. So, um, yeah, there we have it. That's this week's. We're not going to talk about MX Manager yet, are we? We're no. going to talk about it in the MX post. Manager, there is a heated debate going on because there is allegations of cheating with this week's results. Well, so the MX Vice board, the officials, are currently combing through records thoroughly, desperately trying to uncover the cheat. And the jury will be making a verdict very soon. So stay tuned for that. And I just want to say, uh, for the first time ever, it wasn't me cheating. Well, now people are going to think you cheat. Well, I don't, but I'm just saying. Oh, you can't cheat. You're terrible. No, I know. I, I, I haven't changed my team since the first round. I don't even know if I've got a login. <laughs> Selling it so well. <laughs> no, it's ace. I'm going to be in it, for the, in it to win it next week. I'm uh, 134th in the series at the moment. Okay, I think I'm 69th. That's a lie. It's just a number what came in my mind. That is, you're definitely like, I reckon, wait, get it up right now. What? 100%. Get I guarantee right. you are below 600. I, I reckon you're 800 for below. So we talk about 69 and you tell me to get it right Can up. you get your results up right now, please? I 100% guarantee you're 800 for below. Okay. Um, mxvice.com slash mx hyphen manager. Okay. He literally. I've got it. Uh, I think this is me. No, that's not me. Hmm. Oh, I got it. Bear with me. I was logged in as Max Anstey. You just take your time, mate. It's fine. Okay. It's not like anyone's busy or anything. Okay, so uh, my Lewis Sucks team, which had KTM, Pooches, Tonus, Monticelli, and Bike It DRT Kawasaki. Uh, my round three points was a massive 61. <laughs> Wait, go through who you had on your team again. <laughs> I thought it's make you happy. KTM, Davey Pucces, Arnold Tonus, Monticelli. You, whenever you say Arnold Tonus, you always, like, you always call him Arnold. <laughs> yeah. I like Arnold. Yeah, and your third rider? Monticelli. Yeah, and you had three riders? Yeah. That isn't even a bad... I don't understand how that got so little points. Nor do I. But I've, Actually, my, my total points are 235. And what position are you overall? Well, I don't know if it goes down this far. It should say at the top. <laughs> what are you? 134th. I'm 1,139. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you, 804 below. Oh, dear. This is bad. Okay. 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 
We need to so uh, we need to sit down. So and what look people at this. Have, so what people have established from this podcast who didn't know you is a you go to every MXGP round you have absolutely no idea what's going on. B you own an MX manager game yet you don't really know how to play it or are very good at it at all. I actually created that game. Yeah, that's what I just said. Okay, and C what C? Do you want to check another no, one in fine. there? Oh, just... we we all appreciate on behalf of the world we all appreciate what you do. Yeah, it fills it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and for um, and if there was a medal to give out for asshole of the year so far, that'd be you. What? Just being horrible to me on this podcast. I'll I'll uh, I'll, uh, I'll evaluate my performance and yeah. I'll be better next when week. When you when you listen back to this, you're just going to. To be fair, I'm ill because you gave me an illness. No need to take it out on me. So <laughs> just because I'm feeling better, right? Anyway, let's leave it there because we don't end up with waffle, do we? Anyway, on to Trentino. Once again, last week I commented how I was going to try and get a stat sheet done. I failed. We're going again. Let's keep our fingers crossed. So you didn't do the stat sheet? I didn't finish it. I don't think you quite understand how long it takes. Well, it just seems like you're just, you know, It is genuinely, your... if, I, if, I did, if I did 11 hours of non-stop work without a break, I would get a stat sheet done. That's how long it takes. Well, why aren't you doing that? I am doing that, but I've also got other jobs to do. Oh, here we go. Anyway. Okay. Should we wrap it up? Yeah, let's do it. I'll uh, see you in Trentino. I'll, I'll see you in Trentino soon, too. <laughs> okay, bye. Wait, you're, wait, 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 wait. You're saying bye to me. You're meant to say goodbye to the listeners. Oh, bye, Not everybody. me. Why are you saying goodbye to me? Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening. And um, if other people out there <laughs> are thinking Lewis has been really harsh to me today and pretty damn horrible... Uh, horrible then oh. just uh, just message me with some support because I think it will get me through the week because I've got to work with him again this weekend on to now Trentino. we can finish it on to Trentino bye thanks everyone BMX this podcast is brought to you by 24MX Europe's biggest online motocross store there are hundreds of your favourite brands at discounted prices so head over to 24MX.com to shop now 